anything happens wrong, I'm blaming it on Lola. Just saying <laughs> that right now. Yeah, we, it would just be blamed on Lola. Okay, I believe that we're live and we're feeding out to the folks out there. Hopefully you guys can hear us and we're coming in loud and clear. Um, if there's any audio issues or anything like that, this would be the time to let me know. And of course, everyone who's joining us live on, Nutri on Utreon knows that we're doing it so that we can actually hold guns. Because YouTube doesn't let us. We are not responsible enough as human beings to hold inanimate objects while we're alive, but we could do that on Utreon. So if you want to join us live, go over to Utreon, U-T-R-E-O-N slash Who Moved My Freedom Podcast. That's the place to go, and then you can hang out with us there. Whether you're listening on audio, on iTunes, or whatever, you can go over and do that. It's going to be a fun show here tonight. I am going to kick everything off and then tell you about my guests. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation. Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Franklin Armory. Franklin Armory provides 100% U.S.-made firearms and awesome binary option triggers. Their focus and purpose is to provide freedom tools to all Americans, especially those in not-so-free states. So when you're in the market, please consider Franklin Armory. It's hot in the van, Lola. It's hot in the van. Okay, do something. You gotta fix. I'm also blaming you for that, Lola. Okay, <laughs> we are live. We are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on out there. Let's do the jazz hands. So, Jack and Fo, we do this thing called jazz hands. It goes like this. We are taking it back from the terrorists. There you go. It's a, it's like an icebreaker. <laughs> there you go. We, absolutely. This is episode 909 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. So that means we've got exactly 91 bottles of beer left on the wall before we get to a thousand episodes. Wow. So, yeah, there you go. And my guests are Jack and Foe of uh, The Philosopher. There's Jack. There's Foe. There she goes. <laughs> Boom. They got, they got some high technology going on here tonight. So, uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. How are you guys? How are you guys doing? Oh, we're great. Yesterday we were really hot too. Yeah. And, and I didn't blame Jack. It oh, was you didn't. just oh, uh, you the unit. You didn't yeah, blame I, him? You didn't blame him because it was hot? I'm not this time. Yeah. You should try that. I think it works. I think when you blame everything on other people, shame can work. <laughs> it may breed resentment. Yeah. It might make you feel better, but not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the text said that there was you know something wrong with it outside and it wasn't my fault i felt a little relief there knowing that okay you know, i didn't do anything but. Oh, okay yeah yeah, well, uh, yeah, so. yeah it's hot it's it's this is florida man i mean well, you know yeah i think we're both in florida we're, we're both in florida yeah so man, yeah florida and women yeah you know <laughs> what was that say that again oh we're florida men and women Florida men and women. There you go. Flor Florida man and Florida woman. Women. Yeah. Oh, oh woe mans. <laughs> yeah, like Florida man. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, I thought you were like, you know how uh, this, do you remember when the congressman said a man and a woman? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a reference <laughs> for a second. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't that time. I was serious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, tell the folks out there uh, in my audience who may have never heard of you guys, like, who are you? What do you do? How did you start doing whatever it is you are and what you do? Ooh, sure. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so... <laughs> You're gonna change it. <laughs> so uh yeah i started back in 2016 no 2015 and i made some posts and uh yeah it was after i met jack and i started making my posts and posted pictures of myself and i was like yeah these are my thoughts and my first formats were like these really long-winded like formats kind of like my explanation here but that's okay um, and so eventually, <laughs> Jack helped me hone my skills. I learned from a lot of content creators online and looked at examples of memes, started making videos. And uh, recently, actually the past, I would say since 2018, yeah, 2018, have started making music. And uh, personally, I've always enjoyed hip hop music. It was something that helped me find solace through my uh, childhood, you could say. <laughs> okay. Oh, and I noticed that, you got real grimy there just now. Through the nineties, and mm. uh, yeah, and and it has it's always had a place in my heart, and so I started making music to try and convey the messages that I really care about, whether it's philosophy or you know guns, mm -hmm. uh, self defense, uh, you know. Uh, mm out against tyranny so yeah that's actually been my focus for some time is just making content of various kinds trying to convey the message of liberty and the importance of philosophy so that's why i'm the philosopher and uh, the uh, is is because i'm i'm a vietnamese and chinese and i grew up eating a lot of vietnamese and chinese food one of uh -huh. which was pho, which is this like beef noodle soup and it's really delicious and, you know, it's like chicken noodle soup, but like for Vietnamese people, I guess. And it's delicious. And, uh, yeah, that's why I'm the philosopher, because I like philosophy and pho. Okay. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. It, so it looks like it's spelled P-H-O, but it's pronounced pho? Yeah, like, uh, I mean, you know, if you want to get really technical <laughs> without Vietnamese, I'm missing like a little squiggly thing above the O. And right, then it's like, right. <laughs> Uh, and there's like a silent R at the end there, but you know, I just okay. I keep it simple. I say pho, like like mm -hmm. many words we know fondly. Um, okay. So the philosopher. So it's kind of funny. It sounds just like with an I. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Way. It's yeah. I know exactly. It's kind of weird. But the but but the it's pronounced like so. If people are trying to spell it out, it's P H O. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's P H O. That's how that's how you're gonna find it. Fo, la, yeah. and even the law part of it is also L-O. I know, this yeah. could get weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Uh, yeah. Some people call me fo, like philosopher. Right. But um, it's, it's the, totally... Uh, I'm supposed to say philosopher then. Yeah, it's, like, you know, it's weird because you speak English and you know how to, you know, read and understand English. So, that you <laughs> mm -hmm. know, and I did it too. It's funny, when I first made the name, I was like, the philosopher and i did it for a while and then i was like wait a minute what it's mm -hmm. fun what am i doing <laughs> oh, okay yeah because i oh. you know i read it in english too so no mm -hmm. worry 
Yeah, I was going to ask you if one of your parents were like, well, that's not how you pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that's yeah. so fun. Yeah. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Oh, okay. And then what about Jack? We got, you know, Jack, how did you get involved in this whole thing? Sure. Yeah. So for me, I've been <laughs> doing stuff in the Liberty Sphere for many years. I've actually, uh, you know, been a lot of different things across the cross of my life. I've been an attorney. <laughs> Uh, for juvenile defense, I've been a state school teacher, which I have some you know regret about, but I have a lot of lessons from there. Uh, I've been uh, a tutoring company owner, and I've been a producer. So in my uh, producer roles, especially, you know, that's where you see a lot of the work that you might see on the internet from doing stuff with the philosopher or a page I have oh, called hey, the honest teacher, or you know a, a different things that involve uh, you know spreading a message of liberty. And so uh, over the years, I, you know, I've produced all the types of stuff from educational videos, uh, things we've worked on uh, specifically with gun rights advocacy and educating people on common gun myths and things like that, and all the lies and manipulations that are out there. And uh, you know, in addition to that, just you know, promoting I would say uh, a kind of fundamentalist or um, absolutist view on those things. You know, just that. The right to bear arms, human bear arms, is, is absolute, and that's a property right and applies to all property rights. And right. so, you know, in those things, I also ended up doing a lot of other creative works too. Um, so, I have a comic book series called uh, Voluntarius, the comic series, and that's been going on for about 10 years now. And we actually are uh, on Indiegogo right now, funding that's already hit 100% of goal, and we've already passed the stretch goal. So, I've been, you know, doing some stuff with that. And I'm also an author of uh, a book called The Definitive guide to libertarian voluntarism where uh, I kind of put together the principles mm -hmm. of liberty into a really concise format. It's got a pretty little cover here, uh, but I, I try to keep it <laughs> short but sweet so that people can get it. Any person can pretty much pick it up and kind of get a sense of what those values are and of course how it ties to everything else you know that we do. So that's awesome. kind of a short summary of what I do, but it's <laughs> it's everything that involves personal liberty and, and just helping people think outside the state, think outside of uh, you know many of those structures and and outside of you know, forcing kids to go into compulsory state schools and things like that, getting to unschool. Uh, so there, there's just a lot that I do. And sometimes it's kind of overwhelming to, to really cover all those different topics. Right. No, that's cool. So I know I know folks out there have some uh, questions, but uh, I'll, and I'll get to those here. You know what's so if you guys can define yourself politically not it doesn't not that it matters but just so maybe people can figure it out out there where would you you know where would you put yourself on that scale or spectrum oh, yeah. or rainbow mean, or whatever the hell people <laughs> yeah okay. all right let's do the four quadrant it's oh no oh no this four we're going to four quadrants uh oh Okay. That one make sense to you, or do you want yeah, to use PCM a different chart? Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever you want. It's fine. Speak for you, I'll speak for me. Okay. All right. What happens? All right, you go ahead. <laughs> you want to go first? Okay. <laughs> nah, you go ahead. So, all right. So I'd say uh, a voluntarist is, is one label, and I could explain it to if people don't understand that. A small L libertarian might be a little bit more understandable. Like more people have heard the word libertarian before, but they might have some hangups or misconceptions on it. Um, but I often, you know, think about it in terms of, you know, voluntarism and, and libertarianism. Let's say those are probably the two most common labels that you can, uh, you know, think about here. So when it comes to those, what that means is that we just want to minimize the initiation of force against yield and doing that through respecting consent and property rights. So we really value individual liberty, this idea of self-ownership, that each person should have the highest claim to their own bodies and they should have that right over their bodies, that they're 
body and their physical property rights shouldn't be subsumed to some you know collective you know seeming common good kind of thing. Uh, we, we really value that individual autonomy, and we just want people to have peace and prosperity through consensual relationships. Because at the end of the day, that's what people really care about for themselves is they don't want their consent violated. It's it's just not possible. You know, if you want something to happen, that means you know you consent to it, right? So. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's what we really care about. And that's what ties in, of course, to, to gun rights issues, because, of course, with guns, that's just a matter of, of self-defense and people choosing what it is they want to defend themselves with. The gun is inanimate, doesn't go and you know, kill people on its own, right? So mm-hmm. each person is just right. responsible for their own actions. And with that in mind, everybody should be allowed to defend themselves you know, with whatever uh, arms they choose, so long as they're not initiating force against others. So again, it's, mm-hmm. it's about what they do as an individual to harm others. So again, if you're not harming anybody, then there shouldn't be any restrictions on what you could own, especially with yeah. firearms. We've got some questions coming in of whether or not you guys are 2A folks or, you know, uh, pro-gun. And all that. Obviously, you're answering that, but, but you know, it's going to be we're, we're we're getting Jack, and then we're going to get Foe here. But you know, yeah. yes, they are. You know, if you, if you check them out, you'll see they are. But go ahead, go <laughs> ahead. I'll let you guys answer that too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so we are exactly. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. you have the shirt. Oh, I just yeah. yeah. Let me let's see. Yeah, let's go look at that. Is that the two of you? There you go. You like this? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Very nice. Same. Yeah. And, and you're wearing, you're wearing in that thing. You're wearing a Boogaloo shirt. Jack, yeah. and then <laughs> oh, you can say that because we're on Utreon. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, and look at that. You can hold it. Oh, look at those beautiful people right there. Beautiful human beings. <laughs> and then it looks like you have an FPC shirt on. So I think. <laughs> oh, you're right. Ipso, ipso facto. <laughs> ipso facto. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. no, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So you know all your rights all the time as right. FPC uh-huh. like. <laughs> And like whenever mm-hmm. Biden is like, oh, we're going to take your guns. We're going to mm-hmm. take your handguns. Mm-hmm. I just hope they're, whoever manages their Twitter is just like, is always like, fuck you, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, like you were saying, Jack, in, in a more, you know, eloquent way you could say is uh, specifically it is about property rights. And that's where I fall too. Um, I mean, there's many labels you could say anarchist, uh, libertarian, voluntarist, or capitalist, anarcho-capitalist. Like, there's many different labels, and each kind of has a nuanced kind of uh, explanation there. But um, my main focus is, you know, so as a libertarian, uh, it's about, you know, focusing on property rights, this idea that you own your body and your property. And when it comes to the state, if a state is to exist at all, it should only be in the business of enforcing property rights. So I'm kind of focused on that politically in terms of that's how I envision a, a you know more peaceful transition is that cultural change to focus on property rights instead of like, you know, uh, before just basically like just outright dismantling of everything. Um, so that's one. And then as a voluntarist, that focus is more about like, okay, well, what about human relationships? You know, that's an area where, you know, you can talk about government relationship and property and that, and that's one thing, right? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I would say taxation is theft, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a voluntarist, the focus is really about human relationships and consent. There's a really big focus on consent and individual consent and being able to say that, hey, you, you should be respected 
in what you want done with your own body. And you should not be compelled to do things that you don't, you know, really want to do. And it's having that kind of focus um, for me on those two things is what I think will really achieve peace amongst human society. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's really like my mission, you could say. Mm-hmm. And means is philosophy, uh, philosophy and ethics. Like this idea that, you know, as a, as a philosopher, you just value truth above all else. And you are focused on, uh, you know, examining, understanding your biases, knowing yourself, knowing how your mind works, knowing why you think the ways you do, and being open to ideas and uh, trying to re-examine, you know, your, your thoughts and, and why you think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that, you know, um, I just think that that's important as, as a philosopher. So, yeah. Um, no, I, that I makes would, sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if folks, you know, for people who really want to know about you guys, and, and I hope there are folks you know, uh, here that in my audience that do go discover what you guys are doing. If you go look at what they're doing, they're on YouTube. Uh, you guys are on Instagram. Where else are you on social media? <laughs> we're we're, we're like everywhere. So Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, Odyssey slash library, Instagram, right. Twitter, Steam it, uh, ECC slash Hive. Okay, uh, wow. <laughs> Telegram. Uh-huh. Oh, I ain't even... I even know. Yeah, I know. He looks like he's just getting started. I'm like, oh goodness. Okay. Yeah, a lot of places. Mines. Mines. Some- I'm on Mines. Mines is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Mines is great. It's been one. around yeah. for a long time. Yeah, I can yeah. help you if you got. Well, you don't need my help to get on Utreon. Utreon's a pretty open thing. They're not specifically pro gun, but they are pro gun. But you know, it's not just like a gun thing. Uh, yeah. The the guys who own and run Utreon are actually in Canada, but they you know. They do believe in what we're doing uh, so far as being gun guys. And for example, they went out to the Iraq veteran event and that's, you know, and and they even like communicate with us. Sometimes they're even here in the chat. So you can very easily go there, sign up. They'll pull all your stuff over from YouTube. You could go live there. Utreon means that they're kind of like YouTube and kind of like Patreon. So people can <laughs> subscribe to you like Patreon. And at the same time, it works like YouTube. So. Awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then we could give you their contact info because they're easy to talk to and all that. And they're looking to get lots of different voices over there. So, um, cool. you know, so yeah, that so you're you're on all these different platforms, I was saying. And if people want to go check them out, I think very quickly you will see where these guys are coming from. And I think you'll also enjoy how they, you know, how they uh, creatively how they speak their minds and put it out there. I, that's probably the best way I could describe it uh, for you guys. So, for example, you know, you, you were talking about, like, you know, personal choice. You know, I think you're, you're uh, against people being mandated to wear masks, right? Am I right on that or wrong? No, you're right. <laughs> Definitely yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. made a whole song about it called the Mask, mask Order. Order. <laughs> on, uh, yeah. You can find it on YouTube or Odyssey and... <laughs> you know, it's basically like, fuck the yeah. mask order and the new world order. Mm-hmm. The politicians. Right. The yeah, anyway. I can see you guys. I, I can see you're really into your, you know, you're really into hip hop. I could tell from from uh, uh, from how you put it out there. I mean, you you like deliver your words with conviction. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yes. Oh, and there's different flavors of hip hop. Right. So like yeah. I would 
say I'm more like the, uh, you know, like underground 90s hip hop, like, hey, you know, we slang dope and my brother's in prison and this mm-hmm. is wrong and the drug mm-hmm. war is wrong. And then like mm-hmm. you have Jack over here. What, what would you say? Like Miami, like Uncle Luke? I, well, yeah, like, my my, uh, my rap hip hop background would be more like, yeah, mm-hmm. to like I mean, I like a lot of stuff from, you know, 2000 rap and, and stuff like that, but we always stay current with culture and music. So like, we're always listening to the most cutting edge yeah. stuff, whether it's off SoundCloud or whatever, like, you know, SoundCloud, like, so that kind of stuff. We're, yeah, we're in definitely general. steeped in it. Yeah, yeah. And in general, like you said, we, we love new music too. And, um, uh, I would say, yeah, mostly around hip hop and rap. Um, but we do like, like, you know, seeing some of the new, um, you could say like chill hop and other trap flavors mm. there are. You know, yeah. like lo-fi, hip hop. Okay, I guess it's all flavors of trap. Yeah, yeah. And There's we're getting trap now, mm-hmm. metal trap. I'm like, okay, yeah. metal is finally bearable. Country trap. Country yeah, everything. Is- yeah, everything's gonna go under trap. Uh, Night trap. Train. Night Train, who's a big supporter of the channel, said, that. "Sorry, but hip hop is not music." You're wrong. You're wrong, Night Train. You're wrong. If hip-hop, you definitely hip-hop. music. If <laughs> you go to a country club, you're gonna hear country trap and. You can't mm-hmm. tell me hip hop's not music because yeah. even your own country lovers love trap music. Oh really? yeah, you can tell, yeah, a lot of country music. But you know, here's the thing: like, um, yeah. art is in the eye of the beholder, and I think also, you know, music is art, and it's in the ear of the beholder. It's whether or not you perceive it to be. I definitely do. Some people don't. You know, I mean, everyone, there's, there's some kinds of music people like to listen to. And I'm like, are bagpipes really music? Yeah, <laughs> they, are. they are. They are, but they're kind of. Walther Arms has been making concealed carry handguns for over 90 years, starting with the PPK. Today, Walther is based in the good old US of A and still builds quality firearms like the PPQ and PDP for personal defense and competition. So when you're in the market, please consider Walther Arms. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Walther Arms. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even. I got hoisted by my own petard there. I didn't even yeah. keep track of that little timer down there. But yeah, I think without a doubt, hip hop is music. We, we can just settle that for anyone. Uh, you know, Night Train is saying hip hop slash rap at its essence is spoken word over a collage of beats and musical snippets taken from existing songs. Um, I think that's kind of simplified. Sometimes. Yeah, I think well, that's kind of a simplified. Well, original hip hop w- was scratching, so it was sampling in the early '80s. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about like the earliest form of rap that you know there were samples from stuff in the '70s. They would sample, you know, mm-hmm. popular tracks and stuff like that, and then you know they would loop it and start scratching and, and and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's spoken word poetry, and it's it's put to to sound. I mean, it's, it's yeah. so it's, it's so, I think the, yeah. The yeah, main the, the main instrument is the voice. Right. The main right. instrument is the voice. But there are other instruments in it, and it uses all kinds of like one. You know, hip hop to me is a unique art form to America, like jazz. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's it, to me, it's definitely music, and it's that's simplifying it to say that because yeah, in some instances it is that, but you know, not not really all of it, and it's a thing that's constantly growing. And on top of that, it's probably the biggest. Um, form of music that exists on the face of the planet today whether people like it or not yeah i see cruise man says he's never been a rap fan either there you go okay whatever cruise man 
Maybe yeah. you heard horrible rap, like, you know, yeah. like, I don't know what it was. Maybe someone took, like, a, an audio from a podcast and then no. they put it over, like, a remix. Of no. a- they just hate every time I talk about hip-hop. They're trying to, they're trying to stop me. From, they do this every <laughs> single time I talk about hip-hop. There's always going to be the hip-hop haters. Huh? Bring on more hip-hop people. Yeah. Bring on yeah. your favorite, like, rappers. Yeah. Who, who are your favorite rappers today? Uh, who, me? Are, yeah. My favorite rappers today. Um, honestly, I like Pusha T. That's probably my favorite rapper right now. I would say Pusha T, but he's kind of like old school, you know? Oh. Um, yeah. And there's some, I'm trying to think of what would be like the, the current rappers that all the young people know. See, I'm, I'm 50. Yeah, I'm 50. So I grew up in the, I came to America and grew up here in the 80s in New York City. And I was really part of, wow. so you know, right? yeah, Crazy. very cool. Yeah, when I went to, when I was in uh, junior high school and high school here in America, I mean, people were actually breakdancing and like that's how people settled fights and stuff like that, just like you see in some of those older movies. Yeah. Or they had rap battles and all that kind of stuff, and you know, yeah, I mean, there was yeah, there was still gun stuff, but you know, it wasn't like for example at my school, it wasn't uncommon, um, you know. Uh, one of my friends was friends with LL Cool J, for example. So sometimes he would come up to the wow. school. I, you know, I went to, I grew up in Far Rockaway, which is Queens. So I mean, oh, you're yeah. so you're from Queens. Yeah, Damn. yeah, yeah. I'm from Queens. Oh, your dad's yeah. from Queens. You didn't ever go to IS53, did you? <laughs> yes, I did. Brian Piccolo, I did. Oh, that's oh, in Far crap. Rockaway. That used to be a prison. Oh. I went there yep. for like six months when I first oh. came to America. Yeah, my dad may have taught you. Whoa. Oh really? Oh wow! Yeah. That oh, is possible. That is possible. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, IS fifty three was supposed to be a prison. There was literally no windows. I don't know if your dad ever told you that. Oh, I've been there. Was, no, oh, you've been there. One of yeah. the first places that literally had you know the oh, actual hard. like, gar- you know, like police officers and like and metal detectors and stuff put in there. Was like, that a yeah. gun free zone? Bad. Oh yeah. Bad. Um, it, I guess it was supposed to be. It was one of the first places when I went there. Um, they didn't have that. You know, I went there in uh, when did I start high school? I started high school in 1984, so I went there in 1983. But it was right. Uh, like bef- the movie. Huh? Say that again. 84, like <laughs> the movie. She just saying something relevant. Continue. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was right next to the precinct. I think that's the 19th precinct or something like that in Far Rockaway that it was right next to, and it was built right. It was built right behind it, and it was huh. meant to be a prison, so it didn't have any yeah. windows or anything like that. And it was a very depressing building to be wow. in, to be honest with you. And then I went to Far Rockaway High School, which is really not that far from there, um, and that. That was one of the first schools as well, as you're saying, to have metal detectors. It yeah. was the first school to have a, uh, a daycare center in the school for the girls that got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, it was really crazy. How much public, wow. like, that really emphasized how much public school is a prison. Like, you, you yeah. that wasn't even imaginary bars there. That, those are real bars. That was bars. literally a prison. Yeah. That was a prison. I mean, it was a prison. Yeah, they built what? it to be a prison. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. wait, we're take phys ed or you know a health science class when you're in sixth grade there uh, absolutely (laughs) yeah Yeah, i have a yearbook and everything i have a yearbook and all that stuff without saying names yes when i get a chance i'll dig that up and i'll send i'll uh i'll send so your dad's probably in the yearbook right 
Oh, definitely. Oh, he'd be in the yearbook. Yeah, there and, you go. That's weird. Uh, I didn't even know that. That's cool. <laughs> like an yes. olive skinned kind of guy with like, I don't know, brown eyes. I don't know. Wasn't he super Bre- tan and more olive? More tan, fit, at, like kind of athletic build. I don't know. Huh. I don't I don't know okay. if you remember. Um, I do. I do remember phys. Ed, I'm trying to remember if that was in junior high school or high school because I remember we had a phys ed teacher that was married to like a supermodel. Yeah, my mom was a supermodel. Uh, yeah, then I do know your dad. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, he was cool. actually pretty. He was actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, this is we're going to tell him that Father's Day is coming up on Sunday, episode. right? Yeah, I always tell Lola. I always tell Lola about that. Like, I had, a, I remember having a teacher that his oh. wife was literally like a supermodel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she was Miss New York, Miss USA. Yeah. She yeah. model shooting movies and stuff. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I always tell Lola too. When I went to high school, I had like a um, substitute teacher that he was in movies. I can't remember his name, but he was like really built. He did karate and uh, martial arts and stuff like that. And I've seen him in sci-fi movies and things, especially when I was younger. I cannot remember his name now. Uh, very good-looking, like '80s dude with the long hair and everything like that. Uh, but he was he was an actor, and then he would, um, you know, he would do substitute teaching. <laughs> I wow. that, so. like, what is this like? Because I mean, obviously, in New York, acting was big. Obviously, New York is a big hub yeah. for acting, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So having that is, you know, a real experience. You know, substitute teaching while trying out for roles. I mean, yeah. that's that's. Re- yeah, and that particular guy was really cool, man. He was just a really cool dude. Of course, no one messed with him, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, because he would totally he would kick your ass. I mean, he was ripped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's we cool. That's interesting. Him. That's interesting. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to talk about that after this. Definitely. Yeah, I want to yeah. see that yearbook. That's well, crazy. you're a flounder. Maybe I have yeah, to well, meet so now up. Yeah, well, so now you know. I mean, I'm originally from New York, so now yeah. that's a... Yeah, there were people wanting to know what part of Florida you guys are in. I don't think we're going to get into specifics here and all that kind of stuff, but these guys are from Florida. We're around from a lot of parts of Florida. You never know where you're going to see us. Right, exactly. (laughs) All the way south, all the way north. Yeah, undisclosed location. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that was interesting. I remember when I came to – so I before living here in America, I lived in Nigeria in West Africa. And wow. when I when I came to go to school here, and they put me into IS fifty three, they they would take me around to all the classes and have me talk to these kids because they never saw a kid that lived in Africa in a in a country in Africa, right? And yeah. it was just really crazy because I had to talk to them, and the first question would be like, "Oh, did you live in a mud hut? Did you swing from vines?" <laughs> and meanwhile, like I lived, Nigeria is an oil wealthy country. It's part of OPEC, and at that time when I first came here, the naira, which is their currency, was worth two bucks. So I mean, wow. yeah, there was a lot of modern buildings and all that kind of stuff. My dad was a was a professor at Polytechnic University in uh, Kaduna which is in the, the northern, the Muslim part of Nigeria. And yeah, man, there was a lot of stuff there that kids here had never seen, but they were asking me if I lived. Of course, there's mud huts and, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's West Africa. So right. you had all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I would also go to super malls at that time, you know, there were just these massive malls with whatever, you know, kind of stuff that you would find here. So it was real. It was real interesting and crazy, but yeah, I completely, I remember everything from going to that crazy school. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay, I, yeah, I you have many stories. I know, yeah, I hear some stories. You and Lola to dinner. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, hear all all yeah. 
I, you know, dad. one day ask your dad if he remembers if he remembers a kid who you know uh, a black kid that had a British accent and used to get into fights all the time. Oh, because, you had a British accent? Yes, oh, yeah. I used to. I lived in England before Nigeria. I was born in Guyana, and you know my parents kind of like moved around before we wound up here. So I I I left Guyana when I was five years old, and uh, um, and we went to live in England. So yeah, I kind of had a British accent until I graduated high school. Wow! Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, well, that and means it, you can that turn it on. Out. Yeah, yeah uh, it only it, I can't I can't force myself to do it really, but yeah. oh, I can oh, yeah. sometimes. But you know, it comes back when I hang around a lot of British people, or if I'm looking at British movies or something, because it's almost like a different language. If I'm looking at a movie with Lola, most of the, she can't understand half of what people are saying. If I'm looking at a British movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> start talking really? British accents until he starts talking British, and then like. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. <laughs> like a, one of my one of my nephews was here from England a long time ago, and uh, I was making fun of him because he said, "Mummy, can I have a glass of water?" Oh. <laughs> yeah, like that. So I could do I could do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, mummy. Have you been back <laughs> or the UK since that the, time? Or? The last time I was in England was in '92. Okay. So that's wow. been a long time. Um, yeah, I prefer, you know, I just really haven't, I've traveled outside of America since I came to live here. I've been to uh, Honduras and uh, Mexico and places like that. But I, I enjoy traveling around America. I think, you yeah. know, there's a lot to see in America. There's a lot of different countries inside of this beautiful country that, you know, that we have here. So, yeah. So yeah. true. Yeah. Little Italy's, little Chinatowns, Vietnam. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything, Jewish town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to go to places like everywhere. There's a little Chinatown, even though that's kind of yeah. I mean, people could be from Vietnam. They could be from anywhere, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know, they could they could be Thai. They could be Filipino. They could be this thing. They could be that thing. But there's always a Chinatown everywhere. Yeah, and also good old you know good old American like mm -hmm. you know I used to go to old country buffet. I, not everyone mm -hmm. knows what that is, but that's mm -hmm. like. It's like a buffet where you can get like fried chicken mm -hmm. and I would get fried chicken with green beans and a cup <laughs> of noodle soup. And it was so yeah. good every yeah. time. And, yeah. Yeah. and you know, you can find that all across America too. That's Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. So a uh, cruise man says, Hank, say the word Camaro. So there you go. Camaro. They want, they want me to say Camaro, something like that. That's what you say. Oh, what's yeah. that? What's Camaro? It's like, it's like, it's oh, like a Toyota? Wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah, the, the only the, how you say it in American, I guess, is Camaro. I don't know. I say Camaro. Yeah, Camaro. It's a car. It's a car. Camaro? Oh, yeah. Camaro. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, Chevy Camaro. Camaro. All right, well, how, how, do you, you, how do you say it, Jack? How do you say it? Let's hear it, Jack. I say Camaro. Okay, there you go. I Again, I can be wrong too. because I've never actually. But I have an American accent. <laughs> never, I've never. I was yeah. born and raised yeah. in the states, so I just have that, you know. Yeah. Did you grow up? Did you grow up in Florida, fo, or like different parts of America? Yeah. Um. So not New York and not okay. Florida. <laughs> I didn't have. I didn't get the cool accent. I just. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I was Pacific Northwest. So, you know, oh. I had a very proper, polite accent. You know, I'm very polite. I'm like, wave everybody. I'm like, hey, you know, it's green for me, but go on Get in front, mm -hmm. you know, when you're driving. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's me. Pacific right. West. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. That's cool. That's cool. You know, that's a that's a that's a big swath of America, but you know. That's all right. Okay, so what about Jack? Where did you grow up in New York? Yeah, so I I was originally from New York, and that's you know <laughs> apparently more intimately than I ever was expecting. Um, uh-huh. Wow, because you know my family was there, and, and, wow. and they were working there, and uh, you know they've been there for a while. So a lot of my family was you know from the New York area, but then when they retired, uh, then they decide like everybody from New York to go to Florida. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, are they, the kind of, are they the kind of people who move to Florida to ruin it or to make it better? <laughs> no, that, yeah, that, fortunately, yeah, thankfully to make it better, they never, mm-hmm. uh, at a bare minimum, never would vote Democrat at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, hey, yeah, I came that. to make it better. I mean, hopefully. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I'm from Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, that Chinatown. Right. Great town of Seattle. Um, yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, someone someone has a joke here, foe. Uh, Brian Quick says, "If someone is imitating foe, is it called a foe a foe foe?" Oh, it, foe. Like, a, like a faux pas, I guess a faux. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't know this, my audience is a lot like me, very immature. <laughs> we have an audience. Oh, you do. Oh, okay. Is that, I was like, "What is that? Is that a bunch of turkeys or something?" That just what the hell? Our friends. We have three friends yeah, we over. A, we have a live audience, right? Everybody, all right, hands up. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we've all seen oh. a lot of talk shows. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. So I don't even have any idea where we were now. I don't know if we explained like who the hell you guys uh, are yet. We we we, we, we did kind of sort, but <laughs> and we learned that yeah. you're a New Yorker. You're a New yeah. Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. I, a New Yorker. Yeah. Oh, you're from Queens. Okay. I got your I got your New York right here. <laughs> <laughs> and you like jokes. And his father loves jokes, and you have connection to his dad. If your dad is who, if your dad is who I'm thinking about, he was really cool. I I'm glad because it, it could have been cool. There may have been another you, you teacher with the supermodel wife. I don't know. Yeah, that. maybe. Eh, I don't know. There weren't a lot of gym teachers with a supermodel wife. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I, I vividly remember this because I think your dad used to show the the kids like. Uh, like uh, photo shoots or magazines and stuff like that your mom was in right i'm sure he would have yeah, yeah. i mean he he was known for sure like being not. a really funny guy go getter like he would mm-hmm. do like the groups in the gymnasium with like the big bouncy balls and the whistle like he blow the whistle to like have mm-hmm. everybody do stuff like like do claps stuff like dun, 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 like and mm-hmm. have everybody go in for stuff mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember that kind of thing but yeah yeah like i said i went there for about i went there for the end of whatever junior high school is yeah you know, um, and then and then uh, then we moved on to Far Rockaway High School, or I moved on to Far Rockaway High School. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna pull. I'm gonna pull out my. I have my IS fifty three yearbook. Yeah, we're gonna look. Know. Yeah, I'm gonna go look at it. Your dad is not gonna see me in there. You know, mm. he's not gonna see me in there because there was another dude with my same exact name. So basically, uh-huh. I did the yearbook pictures, but there was another yeah. dude with my exact same name. So. Oh, uh, Hank Stranger is not my real name. Uh, and so, you know, uh, that's my hip hop name. So um, oh. I've had it for a long time because I've produced hip hop music 
and all that. Oh, if you ever look yeah. at anything on any of my YouTube channels and hear music, that's me creating that music. Okay. We're going to have to check a studio out. session this spring. Yeah, we're going to have to do a studio <laughs> session. Yeah. I can't play instruments or anything like that, but I can produce. I had like an independent label. When we lived in New Jersey, I had a mm -hmm. studio built in our garage, and I did stuff with some of the lesser-known members of The Outsiders. If you ever okay. heard of the outsiders, um, yeah, the outsiders. The outsiders is kind of, um, uh, oh man, I'm trying to remember the, the some of the groups that uh, um, that the outsiders are part of. Well, Eminem, before he became really famous, he was actually he was actually Eminem was actually in the outsiders. But um, there's also a lot of very famous. I'm trying to remember uh, the Fugees. We're down with yep. the Outsiders as well. Um, Lauren Hill was down with the Outsiders. So, yeah. A lot of music yeah. from New York. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so some of the lesser known members I did some stuff with, as well as the most famous member, like uh, solid member of the Outsiders that, that you would know if you looked it up, is Pace One. Uh, hmm. He's like a battle rapper. Okay. And um, one of, like his younger brother was uh, one of my like producers as well, and all that kind of stuff. Wow! And, uh, yeah, we made an album, all that kind of stuff. Yourself? You, are you doing vocals? Um, I did some stuff. Like you know, we put out an album. I did some stuff in there or whatever. I've I've always been the creative type, so I'll write things and all that. But I actually do. I'm probably one of the oldest or the first gun guy, or maybe the oldest one. I don't know to do like a a rap. Uh, type of song uh, that huh? was pro that was pro gun, and I think it's still on my YouTube channel, Hank Strange slash uh, YouTube. It's called the Ten uh, the Ten. You know the Ten Crack Commandments. Yes. Yeah, it's based off of that. Biggie Smalls, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Biggie Smalls, yeah, and it's called the uh, Ten Gun Commandments or something like that. I have to oh. I have to look it up and see what we call oh, yeah. it. Oh, a remix. Okay, yeah. 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 Yeah, there's no, there's no, you don't actually see me, oh, like, it's not as well produced as you guys' stuff, but it's, I, my vocals are there, and then we put pictures and stuff like that over it, so. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to okay. hear it. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're getting ready to take a quick break here, and we're going to come right back in a few seconds. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like High Point Firearms and Full Forge Gear, bags and gear for everyday life. Did you know High Point is an American family-owned and operated company located in Ohio with over 30 years of manufacturing experience? High Point is proud to be the home of the working man's gun and your source for affordable handguns and carbines with a lifetime warranty. So when you're in the market, please consider hype. Okay, so we're back here. We're actually in the Gorn section. Uh, a couple of things from the audience. Someone is still trolling me on, uh, on Night Train says, Hank, how many times do I have to explain to you that hip-hop is not music? Yeah, you can, you can keep doing it. You can keep doing it, Night Train. It's officially music. It's the most successful form of music that exists on the face of planet Earth. And probably very soon is going to be the only kind of music. <laughs> I would say, like, you know, this idea of, like, just because you're not singing doesn't mean that it's not music. Mm -hmm, you know, right. it's, you know it, it's very specific, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. it depends on what you're talking about. I mean, I gave the example of, like, I've seen people literally 
just take an audio of someone actually talking and then putting it on some track. Like now that's more what you're talking about, like the spoken poetry. But if you look at like, um, for example, uh, a more free form style of rap, which is like underground, you know, just live battle raps where people are just like trying to remember the lines that they, you know, thought of over time. Uh, and they just do it to the beat. You know, that's music to me. The, mm -hmm. You have to follow a rhythm. That's understanding the rhythm, uh, going with it, you know, and there's usually change-ups. You know, it's not just monotonous. Like, rap is really awesome and, and creative, and there's many forms. So, yeah. you know, idea of, like, what is music or not. If you're just saying, like, you have to be singing, like, da -na -na, like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, me. first of all, there's people, there's like, lots of, there's lots of music where yeah. you don't think, you know, there's no yeah. talking or anybody at all. So is that not music? Because there's just one violin, sad violin music, you know, like, yeah, that's music to me. Yeah, there's some <laughs> very popular songs that are just a cappella, Right. Mm -hmm. Or if you break it down to like, okay, uh, earliest instruments, okay, you just have a drum, you have a pot or a pan, like you just have whatever you have around. Mm -hmm. That's music. It's it's about rhythm. It's about a beat. So that's yeah. ultimately the... Yeah, if hip-hop is not music, then jazz is not music either. And I don't think anyone could argue that jazz is not music. I mean, come on. You know, and yeah. that's a very uniquely American uh, music form as well. But it's the whole, you know, if we're talking about philosophy, right? It's the whole thing. I, I remember one time talking uh, to an artist that I that I knew that was um, he was classically trained, so he had college degrees and all kinds of stuff. He was trained in like cadavers, so he knew you know human forms. He could paint, he could draw with a pencil, he could take do photography, he could do sculpture, he could do all kinds of things. And um, I asked him about like you know what is art, and he said you know art is whatever an artist creates and calls it art. And an artist is anyone who says they're an artist. It has nothing to do with your education or anything like that. And I think music falls into that same category. It's just, you know, you a person, of course, is free to say that it's not. You know, but then people are free to say that it is. Yeah, right. It's just one of those kinds of things, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You would need, a, like, an objective definition in the first place to even say what is or isn't. And it's, you know, yeah. obvious, at least the bare bones level of like what makes music in terms of you know frequency and having some type of you know pattern or rhyme scheme pattern. I mean, that, that matches yeah. rap that matches jazz it's like you know, so. exactly yeah. yeah 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 i think it's just one of those things and of course you know uh it's just it's just a subjective thing to people but look i don't like k-pop but it's uh it's music <laughs> yeah but it's music right, right. <laughs> yeah and you guys are all free out there to say whatever kind of music that you think is music Huh? For the this time, I thought screamo. I'm like, what is this? It's just like, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <exactly. laughs> what are you saying? I don't even know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Do you even have to know? Like this part, this kinds of hip hop music, I don't like. You know, like now we've got a lot of mumble rap and all that kind of stuff, and some of it, I guess, I do like. Most of it, not really. But um, yeah, like that doesn't matter, huh? A lot of the, the latest hip-hop music I've seen seems to have a lot of, like, childish tones. Like, there's a lot of um, uh, remixes of childhood songs. Like, there's one called, like, Simon Says, mm -hmm. you know, that game. Mm -hmm. um, there's just, yeah, just this emphasis on, like, baby voices. Like, you know, Playboy Cardi, mm -hmm. uh, Lil 
multivert, like they have very, uh, you know, babyish voices, you could say, like childish or young, They're like, yeah, meh, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the, like yeah or Panda or Panda yeah. was a crazy thing. But I like Panda, though. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I don't from know designer. That. You know, designer, the song from designer Panda, where he goes, Panda, 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 Panda. You never heard that? No, I yeah. mean, I wonder, uh, yeah, uh, I don't. When whenever this goes to YouTube, I don't want to get in trouble over it. But base, if you look that up, the song "Designer," or uh-huh. no, the the artist is called Designer, and the song's called Panda. I think oh, it's okay. called Panda. Yeah, I think it's Panda. I could be wrong with what it is, or he just says yeah. that in that whole thing. I love that thing. Is it childish? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, what is it? I mean, um, it's a you cultural know. thing. Yeah. It's- yeah. Most people well, someone would say Ted Nugent, someone would say that there were times in American history when people said rock and roll was not music, mm-hmm. you know, no. or people who would say like Ted Nugent is not a musician and that's not music and the songs are childish, you know, calling about right. uh, what is it? Wham, bang, sweet poon tang. Oh, is that a song? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, how is that different? <laughs> it's not different. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yep. And I like Ted Nugent. I think he's incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't like Chinese or Vietnamese music. Like, mm-hmm. if you listen to what you know, I like some songs that I heard growing up, Vietnamese and Chinese. And mm-hmm. you know, like I played it around Jack, and he's like, You know, what's this? He's not gonna suddenly be like, Oh, yeah, that's my jam, that's my vibe. Like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh music like that, yeah. right? There's yeah. And uh, it's fun, too, to see, like, different countries are kind of stuck in different eras of music with, I would say, America always leading the way, like, Mm -hmm. in terms of music, culturally, (laughs) right? Like, what you're seeing in terms of K-pop, that's just, like, 90s America's pop. Yeah, that's all it is, yeah. And you had that with Japanese people before. You had uh, Mm -hmm. Japanese pop, and Mm -hmm. you also had, like, Hong Kong pop with Chinese people. Yeah, They're, like, those Hong Kong and, like, Mm-hmm. You know, the 90s and 90s too. Mm-hmm. Like, they yeah, were trying music. So, yeah. and some of actually- that stuff I liked. Yeah. The other yes. day, Lola was listening to K pop and she didn't even know it, but she was enjoying it. And I was like, oh my God, you're <laughs> listening to K pop right now. <laughs> <I've-> <laughs> I watch and I'm like, you know, their dances are good. You know, some of those boy girl bands are good at dancing and they're in sync. And then, you know, like yeah. the band in sync. <laughs> I think, pa- yeah, like, I think. I agree. I think popular music is is a lot of times the most like right now K-pop is probably um it's probably the most popular thing currently, right? K-pop is probably high up uh, on the popularity list. I know it's not necessarily hip hop, although I hear those dudes uh rapping sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty big, yeah. that's sure. I mean, I think like a lot of music with if you want to talk about international 80 rising, I'm not sure if you ever heard of them. But they're um, kind of a uh, Southeast Asian culture mixed group that they produce all different types of artists, but especially uh, Southeast Asian artists. And they, they have a lot of rap artists. They have pop there as well. But they have like Chinese, Vietnamese rappers. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. Like, um, Joji. Rich Brian, Rich Brian is one. Through them. He's um, mm-hmm. Indonesian. Yeah. And uh, he just... He was just a kid that was homeschooled and he often would go on the internet and look up hip hop music, kind of like what I did. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he uh, got really into the culture that way. And now he mm-hmm. makes music with 88 Rising and, and is produced by them. 
-hmm. but yeah, they have a variety of artists. Um, they like hip hop a lot. That's a big part of their focus too. Um, yeah. but in terms of popularity, I don't know. What, how would you look that up in terms of? I think uh, it's just uh, sheer numbers. Like I would look at like where someone's uh, you know song and then how that's doing in various countries around the world in terms of like number of like distribution listens and stuff right. like that. Mm -hmm. It probably depends on where you're looking, but I mean, think like yeah. you know, Post Malone was definitely a huge international hit around the world. You know, like Iverson, White Iverson, right. like that. We like, yeah, really. You know, if it's getting mainstream American play plus international, you're usually you know top of the top. Yeah. Listen, along with, you know, to me, what I believe when I talk about freedom, I think you've got the, the, the freedom to, uh, you know, to ignore things if you want to, you know, right. or say that. Yeah, that's basically what we're talking about here. Now, Lola's saying, tell us about the I did not consent video. And Ooh. I'll invite everyone to go see it. I'm going to see if I can actually pull it up here on my phone without yeah. crashing everything, which I'm I'm, I'm trying not to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, we can and, well, I could definitely show I could definitely show it here if you want to. Uh, this oh, is the video, cool. I think, right here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool. uh, yeah I don't know if it's going to. Oh, OK, it's going to run an ad or something. So we probably need to give it a chance to. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for the monetization. Appreciate it. Yes, exactly. I will. I'll just wait for it. I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to skip through the ad here. I'm going to try to. And watch through the ad. Yeah. It's like an hour ad of like. Yeah. Well, also, my, my phone is like really, you know, the internet off the phone right now because we're using most of the internet to do what we're doing. It's going right. to be yeah. super slow, super, super slow. Oh, oh there's an ad for Wawa playing on there. Oh, wow, cool. Thanks, there Wawa. you go, Florida yeah. Wawa. Thanks for yeah, those pets. Exactly. So, they're, they're, uh, and now now there's nothing because it's taken a long time to pull up. But tell uh -huh. us about it. When it pulls up, I'll play it here for folks. Sure. Yeah, oh, and I'd if you can to. play it there too, we can also play it directly here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, go ahead. If you can do that, go ahead. This, yeah. is, this is what it looks like a little bit here. But if you guys want to pull it up, that's going to be, that's going to be oh, cool. Good. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm not sure how to. Uh, tra I mean, because there's two yeah. options: either I can share my screen directly, or I can play the song directly uh, right. through my system. So yeah, oh, uh, and, and with me, the audio is not the audio is not coming in. But yeah, these guys are these guys are rocking out right here. Yeah, I mean, yeah you guys made a nice video. Thank you. Yeah, we yeah. we have put a lot of production into it, and there's a lot of editing, and we got lucky too because we got some some good discounts from you know kind of a couple of fortunate circumstances you know errors and on mm -hmm. the, the ends but we were we were able yeah. to snag a pretty good deal for for the production fortunately so mm -hmm. yeah and mm -hmm. our uh, you know our our trusty uh background actor here josiah freeman <laughs> yeah yeah he was good no it was good no it was great and uh, i love the song i mean it was it's some it's a song that i hope is you know, I mean, there is some lines that are more specific to this era we're in, like around mm -hmm. the 2020s. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, you know, the focus is about this idea that you didn't consent to all these things that are being done to us today. Like and all of the uh, basically the goal is to try and like summarize all of the uh, tyrannical things that are being done to us today uh -huh. that mm -hmm. most people just accept. You know, whether it's going through the TSA and being felt up and taking off your shoes and having them go through all your stuff, which you don't do for anything but 
the TSA. You know, you don't even do that to get on a boat on a on an international cruise. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a song that's just trying to encapsulate. Look, you know, I didn't consent to all these things, and if we don't like rise up together and you know stand up for our body and property rights, like mm-hmm. you know, we're just, it's yeah. going to be taken away because there are people in this world that actively want to take over our lives, all our property. And uh, have you heard of anything like, you know, the Great Reset, the thing mm-hmm. that was pretty much kicked off in 2020, like a plan that um, was at least put into motion in 2020 with all the lockdowns and shutdowns and forced vaccinations and all the socialism and even more central planning that arose, right? Like more people were like, oh, suddenly I get a, a, a big welfare check from the government, um, you know, like whatever, stim- stimulus check. Uh, so it, it's, yeah, this idea of trying to wake people up to these people who want you to literally, like they say, own nothing and think that um, they can control your whole life. They'll own everything and you'll just live in a pod. You'll eat bugs. You know, mm-hmm. meat will be like an occasional thing. And this is all, you know, an actual uh, goal that these certain people have. I call them Malthusians who are in power like people who um, do have this tendency to see other humans as inferior to them and therefore they think they themselves are more superior and as humans are more entitled to owning the resources of the world. So these are the same kinds of people who are like, oh, humans are causing climate change and, you know, humans are like a cancer on this world. And, um, you know, carbon is really bad. The thing that, you know, humans breathe out and animals and all this. So it's really like um, trying to uh, get people to realize that all in one go of like, you know, wake up. There's all these things that you're um, part of that you really didn't consent to at the end of the day. (laughs) There's a Yeah, Um, Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with you. I mean, uh, you know, maybe for maybe just to uh, to bring some of that, make it relative to the folks who are listening to this. You're talking about including gun control, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. There's a, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I think probably all of this started way before 9/11, but definitely since then, there were a lot of laws these guys created uh, and put out there. Some that we don't even realize. You know. Um, I've heard uh, on Joe Rogan, I heard uh, Snowden talking about this, that basically these guys just eviscerated the Constitution and people just don't realize it. But we're seeing it every day. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, death of a thousand paper cups, right? Right. right. The Patriot yeah. Act and the NDAA for certain were, mm-hmm. you know, upending many Fourth Amendment protections and having special secret FISA courts where, you know, where mm-hmm. someone's able to a belligerent or a combatant, they could just immediately be taken away and have no due process. Definitely, there's there's those issues. Yeah. So yeah, and, and and they're just slowly every every day, man. They're trying to, uh, I don't know if codify is the right word, but they're just trying to layer laws on top of that that do the same things over and over and over again. I mean, that's what red flag laws are about. You know, I was in the barbershop today talking about that. A lot of folks here in Gainesville, where I live don't realize that the, these red flag laws are coming. They don't realize, one, it already exists in Florida, and that's already atrocious that Florida has that. It's against the Constitution. It's against Florida Constitution, for that matter. Um, and I was telling guys in the in the barbershop, do you realize that's, this is what could happen? They're like, no, no, there's no way. You know, mm-hmm. It's like, yes, people could just say, oh, this guy 
what he said to me, I think it's, it's threatening. I think he's got guns. You need to go take his guns from him kind of right. a thing. And they were like, man, there's no way. And then they <laughs> were Googling it, and they was like, oh, shit, how is this happening? It's been right. happening, bro. Yeah. In Broward County, there was a guy who was debating some people online, and he had posted a picture of his AR build, and the people who he was debating decided to go after him and like claim that he was threatening him because he posted pictures of AR build. And, of course, Broward police are, are terrible, so yeah. they arrested they arrest him. They take his stuff. He it has is. to go to court. It costs him a bunch of money. The judge is like, yeah, this is ridiculous. This is not a threat. But he still had to go through that process, get his guns back. You know, he had to spend all his time and money. Right. His guns were taken had, away. He was Right. And he had no chance to defend himself beforehand. He didn't have a hearing. So. It was done ex parte. So he wasn't even there for the decision to take his guns from another judge. Yep. So it's, it's pretty evil. No due process. Yeah. No right of due process. Yeah, right. exactly. And we think, you know, that's what they brought up. They were like, wait a second. <laughs> We've got due process. I was like, not with that, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> not with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's using language. I mean, that's part of the idea of why I really focus on philosophy is because, like, you know, uh, you know, we're even having this debate about like what is music, right? Mm -hmm. Like, philosophy is this idea of like, you know, you should first define your terms because we're trying to communicate, right? And there is the assumption that there is some truth but we just don't know exactly what it is and that there's a process for determining what the truth is or rather validating that at least what you're asserting the truth to be seems to be correct at this time, you know, based on your evidence, right? Based on you uh, trying to reproduce a scenario over and over. So it's, to me, that's like one of the most important things when uh, fighting against these people is language and philosophy is often, you know, as you see, they have the use of specific words that try to uh, paint gun owners as across the board, broad stroke, as these, you know, people who are about to like be terrorists at any time that are just prone to violence. Mm -hmm. When it's actually like the majority of gun owners, like what is it, 99 99%? 99.999 you know, percent yeah. of gun owners in America don't commit homicide. They don't commit crimes with their guns. Like it's literally just there sitting ready mm -hmm. in case they want to defend themselves or, or need to. Yeah. Or talk practice. Yeah. yeah I mean, or, if you think about it with the, with the guns outnumber people in America. So mm -hmm. if, right. the, if the things on their own were dangerous and killing us, we'll all be dead. Yeah. <laughs> like Hank, you'd be dead over. right now. You have too many... Like, you have one too many guns, dude. Like, yeah. that could just blow up at any time because right. you know, you know. And it's not the case. It is the opposite. Yeah, that's exactly the opposite of the case. We're, we're running. We've got, like, maybe 10 seconds here. So what I'm going to – we're going to – yeah, we're going to continue this conversation. No, we're going, we're going to the – we're going to take a break. No. But we're going to be right back. And maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll see a little bit of that video. With Arms List, you can shop the extensive list of local and nationwide firearms classified. Now with more confidence because of their built-in firewall. For only $6.99 a month for personal use or $30 a month for business vendors. So when you're in the market, please consider Arms List. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Arms List. And I, de I definitely would um, suggest to you folks out there to go listen to those of you who, you know, who like hip hop, the people who don't like hip hop, 
yeah, you could still go check go check it out. You know, yeah, maybe you could remix it, put something else behind it, or whatever. But you know, yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah. Or you guys could you guys could do a remix at some point. Just put some violins in there, or you know, <laughs> yeah, you never know. It might sound pretty good. Okay, so you got cut off here because of the break. But what were you saying? Oh, um, philosophy, red flag, loss. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about yeah, we were language. Yeah. We were talking about I did not consent and, and what you guys were trying to what you're tr you're saying. I don't think right. you're trying to say it. I think it's pretty it's pretty obvious. I think it's a pretty good video. I li I liked it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think yeah. I have some now too. So speaking of red flag laws, we d we even mentioned Duncan Lemp, you know, uh -huh. who in, in Maryland song. like mm -hmm. this whole idea that the police had. They're like, oh yeah, we can just go and just treat him like he's some terrorist just because of like his views online. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically similar to our views, which is literally, hey, individuals should be respected in their body and property rights, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone should be left alone so long as they're respecting others in that same exact manner ethically, you know? Yeah. So anyway, he was somebody that was targeted by the Maryland um, police and uh, purely political and red flag laws was used to just you know, be like, oh, it's okay, you know, we were just acting in fear of our life, even though they're the ones that went onto his property. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's a weird, it, it's a weird thing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a weird thing about what you're saying, you know, your body, your choice. And some people might be like, oh, what's that mean? Well, you know, um, the other side of this equation believes in that, let's say when it comes to abortion. Right. They believe that, but not but nothing else. And this is the idea of philosophy. You, you know, you right. you were talking about the truth. And, and I believe the truth is always in flux from us as human beings, because we're looking at the world from our perspective. So there is a truth. Right. There's like if you step in front of a moving train, it's going to kill you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That you say there's, usually there's things outside yeah. of you. Will, like miraculously uh, might will yeah. Well, you can't will yourself and say, hey. Because I decide that I that I you know I I identify as air, therefore right. when I step in front of this train, <laughs> you know I will right. just go around it. Uh, that sounds awesome, but you know the truth of yeah. physics is not that's not how that works. You know, if that's right. moving at speed, especially you're dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, and um, there's also this idea of consistency you know in philosophy like if you say that two plus two is four and you make some logical rule about that like if you look at mathematics it's all about logic and principles you know and uh the conclusions that you make are based on logical formulas that have been proven to be true in all cases right like it, that's part of this idea of consistency and so when we look at people who say like, okay, you gave a great example of like people who are like, okay, my body, my choice when it comes to abortion. But these same people are like, no, we got to disarm everybody and it's not right for you to uh, have the right to bear arms without, you know, asking the government for permission. Like you should have to like wait for three or four months or however long and pay another fee to get your right, you know, pay for your yeah. right. Imagine, imagine if we did that when it comes – now, I know there's folks out there that are against abortion, and, and believe it or not, I am also. But at the same time, I realize there's reasons why people – why women out there – why am I even saying people? Women, because that's who's <laughs> going to have abortions, 
That's yeah. just you, that's science. Men <laughs> this is science. <laughs> so you know those folks on the other side always say, "Oh, you guys don't believe in science," and it's weird to say the other side because I think we all believe a lot of different things. But yeah, yeah you know, if you I think agree. about it, you know, I was looking it up in 2020. There were 960 thousand abortions in America. A lot. Yeah, you can look it up. It's stuff that's in the news. I mean, easy to find. I'm, I'm not making that up. I mean, so what if what if folks who don't believe in that go, hey, you know what? We have to do something about this. Like you're saying, we're going to make people. There's going to be a waiting period. You can't do it until you're this age. You know, we're going to ban it outright because 960,000 um, human lives that people self-abort other human beings who are biologically related to them. You know, if that's not bad, then whatever amount of people have been killed by firearms is not bad either. I'm not I'm not making a statement, you know, about whether or not they're bad. I'm just saying, like, this is this is logic, right? You, like one of these things can't just live in the world on its own. And then this other one lives over here. Well, when you when it comes to ethics, exactly. The point of ethics is this idea that you start with universal truth. So if you say, like, for example, rape is wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. I think everyone would agree. Rape is. Oh, absolutely. Is yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, I totally if, agree. If, right. If anyone was like, well, if that person just so happens to be a police officer and, you know, they feel like, I don't know, a fear to fear of their life, like they're going to not, you know, preserve their genetic race. OK, well, they, they can rape you, you know, like people just be like, that's insane. Right mm -hmm. now. Our, my goal is to help people see that consistency further when it comes to any action. I think at this time, at this point in humanity, most people, especially in America, understand those concepts of basic consent and body and property rights, right? Mm -hmm. Most people understand like, hey, you can't just take my stuff or hey, you can't just take it without asking my permission. You know, they uh, hey, you can't just rape me. You can't touch me. You can't assault me. Yeah, you can't right? enslave me. Right. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Most people are like that. And most people are like, yeah, I'm against slavery. I'm glad it ended. But what most people don't get, in my opinion, is that the remaining slavery that we see is inconsistent, you know, is exists when it comes to the state. Like technically, we are all tax slaves. If you think about the fact that you cannot say tomorrow, whenever you mm -hmm. actually use uh, that you're just not going to pay your 30, 40 percent, 50 percent taxation rate, including all the sales taxes and, you know, DMV fees, registration fees, licenses and all these other hidden taxation fees there are. Um, you know, you can't do that without being threatened to be thrown in prison or have like a lien against your house or your property. Uh, there's a lot of coercive aspects when it comes to that as opposed to any other private company, right? You call them up and you're like, hey, you know, I don't like your service anymore, I'm gonna go. And then usually they're like, oh, how can we keep you to stay? You know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. it, it's this idea where when it comes to this relationship with government or the state, that's where most people aren't able to apply this understanding that murder is wrong, theft is wrong, rape is wrong there. They have this idea that in my opinion, is programmed into us. We were talking about public school earlier, um, you know, coincidentally, you know, Jack's dad, but just the idea of public school in itself, like the ones you went through, went to more physically was actually designed to be a physical prison uh, in the sense that most people know, 
But in practice, most public schools are prisons. You know, if you think of how like children aren't allowed to leave, how most of them are, uh, most parents are compelled to send their kids there, right? And there's a lot of like paperwork that has to be done and different states across the United States have different laws against how you're allowed to just not send your kids to a government school. So <laughs> that's where I think this programming of fear was implemented. You know, uh, you see it across the media today. It's still, the programming still exists every single day of programming for fear, uncertainty, and doubt of the future. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, we got to ban guns because, oh my gosh, some random person could just do this. So let's just like take away everyone's rights because we have some fear. Yeah, you know, that I would definitely, I would definitely say that schools are mostly for indoctrination. Um, not, I mean, a long time ago that used to be colleges, but it's everything now. And for a long time, I think it's been schools, right? It's, yeah, not to well, bring, it's not to bring everyone up to a basic education. I mean, they're basically just passing kids no matter what through the schools and telling them stuff in schools like, yes, uh, one plus one can be three. <laughs> right. The uh, history of, of yeah. compulsory public school actually goes back to Prussian militarism. And it was the idea that there was too many people who were fleeing uh, on the battlefield. They're, the soldiers were you know, basically getting scared and, and, and leaving and they needed to indoctrinate uh, the youths so that they would want to actually die in service of the country. And so the compulsory schooling was instituted there and it was later actually adopted uh, in America and, and in Europe, firstly to uh, get rid of native cultures. There's, uh, you know, if you look into first generations, you know, our stolen generations where uh, native uh, children, whether it's in Australia or Canada or United States, they were forcibly arrested from their families and put into schools. Yeah. To homogenize their- everyone, right? Everyone has the same culture, language, everything, right? Okay. So it was a, it was a weaponized tool. And then, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the changes in compulsory school, like, you know, shifting toward factory uh, work, just getting people to be able to follow orders to the tune of a bell every 45 minutes, have everything reg- uh, regimented by blocks. You know, so this whole idea of the compulsory system was simply to break down individual spirit, to have the individual have their wants, interests, and needs uh, subsumed to the dictates of what is actually state central planning. And in any other, you know, case, you would think that were obvious. Like if you were 20 years old or 30 years old and you said, hey, guess what? For the next 13 years, you're going to have to do whatever the government says. If they say to learn this topic, you have to learn this topic. They're going to give you a label called a grade, and that grade is going to be a socioeconomic stigma that sticks with you for years, and it's going to be used to judge you whether you're worthy to have certain classes, go on field trips, or be you know worthy of certain employment. It's you know it's going to last there with you. I mean, you'd be like, that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. you can't actually yeah. play my life. That's socialism. But mm-hmm. people don't realize that compulsory that schooling is itself a tenant of one of Mark uh, Karl Marx's ten planks of state socialism, lean communism, is compulsory schooling. And yeah. a lot of people don't think that it's a brainwashing tool that is meant to erase individual identity, kill creativity, kill, uh, kill uh, self-drive, and ultimately let rise to the top who are the most successful, those who are both able to conform to what is told to them because they're able to obey things. You know, Even if you know the information, if you don't perform from the test, you don't do your homework, well, you still you don't get a, a good grade, right? You have to actually perform and you have to have the ability. Right. And if you don't have the ability, let's just say your home life's bad, you have a family that's divorced, you're poor, you know, you're, you're hungry, the food's not as good. Well, you're at a disadvantage and you're being judged against people just on one metric, their, their age, right? It's just mm-hmm. this one year, metric and everybody's biology is different their growth is different their family situation is different but everybody's mm-hmm. still a great team taking the same test so it's really just 
letting rise to the top those who are most able to conform and those are the ones who are rewarded in the end with accolades and then you know the the good jobs and the, and the good college experience and this or that yeah it seems logical if it seems logical if for example it's like well everyone's going to learn english and you know you're in america you should learn english which i generally agree with or everyone's going to be patriotic because you're going to learn about american history etc it seems like oh, okay that's cool but yes if, if you look at you know maybe that was at one time <laughs> But if you look at it now, what we're all complaining about, that's what's happening to our kids in school, right, is that now that is being used for, like, we could see exactly what's happening with it. They're trying to program our kids in, you know, how they can, how they can look at their own gender, how they can look at uh, their politics, you know, what, like, what racism is, all these kinds of things. And now we're all mad at it, where maybe at one point in life, you're like, oh, that's cool because they're teaching everyone to speak English or everyone to be patriotic towards America. So, you know, they're teaching people about the Constitution. But at the end of the day, I agree with you, you know, even though it might sound uncomfortable to people, that yes, this thing is being used against us. It's being used to program kids and we constantly have to fight back against it and it's a lot like gun control in america not not a hundred percent but a big part of gun control in america was the worry about what these freed uh slaves are going to do if they can have guns and there's mm -hmm. people who are like oh it's okay because yeah, i'm kind of worried about them you know having guns and the people are okay with it well now it's going for everyone and and now there's a lot of us up in arms about it right well, the thing with the gun stuff too, you know, that that's something that ties into schools as well. I mean, you saw it firsthand because I could talk about it with a little yeah. bit more specificity because we both have been to ISF3, right? <laughs> you're disarmed as a student. You're <laughs> constantly surveilled. You're you know you're constantly monitored. You have no privacy. They're scanning your stuff. They're going through your bags. You know, you have no right to, you know to any autonomy. And it's literally acclimating children to a police state. And that's what schools are today. Schools are the police state. And if an adult had to be in that environment, it'd be absolutely clear to them that this is a complete Orwellian dystopia. No adult would be like, yeah, I'm going to have cameras in every hall watching me. I have to like raise my hand to go to the bathroom, you know, and take care of my bodily functions. I have to be told minute by minute, hour by hour what I do. And I have to be shamed and labeled and threatened if I you know, don't conform. It would be, you would literally go insane. And actually that is real. Like the, the, these kids in school, that, cause I've been a public school teacher as well. And I, you know, I've done both private I'm uh, oh, sorry, uh, charter and uh, public school teaching and substitute teaching. It is absolutely driving these kids insane because they are so controlled and their their schedules are so taken up and they're given horrible food. And then when they're not conforming, they're just told, oh, maybe you have ADHD. Or they're given drugs. Right. And then they're Yeah, they, exactly. Kids, they're being more and more sedentary because they just need to prep for testing. So it's like everything's about taking the test and get more funding and they don't have time to go out. They don't have time for any physical activity. They're, they're kept from any meaningful like skills, you know, whether it's like doing the wood shop or, or learning how to shoot guns. Like even guns used to be a thing in school that you would actually have like target club and stuff like that. All that's gone. It's all gun free, you know, school zones. And these kids are being raised to become complete serfs of a totalitarian government. And that yeah, is and of the terrifying. new world order of all yes. the. The cultural Marxist, you know, yeah, Malthusian goals when for you the strip world, away all you know, the, climate the, change, right, gun control. They are molding kids to become complete slaves of the state. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. You know, I have a I have a friend of mine that, uh, you know, he's a white guy and his wife is Puerto Rican. <laughs> and uh, so they have kids. Right. And one of his daughters and her group of friends, you know, she's um, she's a teenager. Uh, so anyway, 
for whatever reason, her group of friends were talking about Black Lives Matter. And she was like, listen, I don't, I don't believe in Black Lives Matter. I think it's total nonsense. <laughs> they literally got in trouble. They, they called up the parents and they're like, you're raising your kids to be racist because wow. they don't believe in Black Lives Matter. And he's like, what are you talking? <laughs> what? Right. Yeah. What is happening? And, and you know, his, his daughter had like a very logical reason why she didn't believe in them. But they were like, no, if you don't believe in Black Lives Matter, you are racist. Does it, you know. Now, this this is this is the kind of insanity that you're getting from schools that I remember when my kids were younger and Obama was running for president, they were so programming kids in school. Like my kids asked me who I was going to vote for if I was going to vote for Obama. And I was like, no, I'm not going to vote for him. And my kids started crying. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, why, why are you crying about that? That's me making a decision. When you become an adult and you start voting, you, you vote for whoever you want to. But from my point of view, I'm not voting for the for this guy. But my kids were so programmed by the school that yes. they were like, go tell your parents they have to do this. If they don't do this, it's the end of the world. Right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's real. It's it's it, it's it is such a threat. And I, that's why I get so angry and so, you know, vehemently like ex, you know, excitable about it, because it it is the greatest threat that everyone can possibly face is, is having their kids being raised by these leftist central planners who want nothing more than to have their kids completely confused about the nature of themselves, to you know, not be able to figure their out truth, gender. to be yep. completely dependent on authority, and to have no self-drive, no motivation to just wait for someone else to tell them what to do and to wait on you know whatever type of welfare is for this or that or you know little yeah. golden it's uh it's, it, it's insanity uh shooting gallery any shout out to him he's in the uh, chat he says since they are so controlled that the schools do not have the time to stop things like bullying i left public school because my school system would not do anything to stop bullying which yes. a lot yeah. of that's happening and then in, in the problems that we have from like what happened in this school in uvalde even though that's the place that we put our most precious assets our children they won't harden the schools <laughs> They won't harden it. And the people who won't harden the schools, everywhere that they go to, where they live, where they go to work, is hardened. They have security. They have protection. Right. It's weird, right? <laughs> well, I mean, well, to yeah, me, like it's Yeah, the police department. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They have well, guards everywhere. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, these people want victims. They want the martyrs. They want to they show, oh, look, see these kids, you know, it's your fault when you take, take your guns. The, I mean, the whole thing is... is is largely an orchestration, out, right? Know? It's a political mm -hmm. orchestration. These mm -hmm. people, are, the laws and the orders, they're being done to amplify the violence against young people and to, to exaggerate, to use it as a political tool. It's absolutely um, yeah. That I'm just I'm just hitting that thing because we have like a minute, but you but you can keep going. Sorry, that's my no, little you're... magical warning. <laughs> I probably forgot to tell you guys. Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> and, and, I would say, especially in that situation, I like to remind people too, like, as I was just talking about with, with schools being prisons, I mean, some people are quick to say, oh, arm the teacher, this or that, but I want to remind them, hey, you're just saying to arm the same people who were just teaching your kid about critical Genders, race theory and telling them, confused. you know, be confused with their gender. I'm yeah, like, then, arming yeah, your, the slave masters is not the solution. The solution is get your kids out of these concentration camps. These are right, leftist indoctrination centers. the institutions of, of slavery. Right, basically. save your kids, save your life, save the <laughs> yep. next generation. Unschooling is the way. Get your kids out of there because if you don't, they are just sitting ducks. They're, they're literally waiting there for some person who might even be rightfully crazy from his treatment at school, but he's going to use by the FBI to go in there. The FBI is going to coach him along to go do a mass shooting. It's yeah, happened to we're, 
We're taking a quick break. We're going to come right back with this here in a sec. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization like Tusk Crypto. Tusk Cryptocurrency is a firearm-friendly e-commerce option for online payment transactions secured on the blockchain. So when you're in the crypto market, please consider Tusk, T-U-S-C. Okay, so listen, uh, what would you say to the folks out there who say, okay, uh, I like what you're saying here. What's the alternative? So what's the alternative in you guys' minds? Sure. So a big part of my work, and this is one of the things I do, is, is this page called The Honest Teacher because of my experience being a juvenile defense attorney. I've been a you know, former school teacher for uh, a uh, high school, big public high school, uh, a K-8 to middle school. I've been a substitute teacher. I own a tutoring company. I have a, a wide set of experiences uh, with the educational systems or indoctrinational systems and what's going on in there. And what I tell people is that the, the core issue is that adults are trying to centrally plan the lives of kids and think that, you know, if this kid doesn't meet this certain benchmark this time, they're just going to be behind. And instead of trying to measure up against everybody else and instead of trying to be like, oh, you know, oh, so fearful about what it is they're going to know, the, the actual thing is it, to help them is to realize kids are natural learners. Kids actually already absorb information. They're just you know, little sponges as they're growing up. They learn how to talk. They learn how to walk on their own. They learn how to eat, just naturally interacting with parents. And the key for adults is to act as facilitators of this learning instead of performance judges and trying to label them, be like, I need to benchmark you and give you a quiz and a letter grade and stuff like that. And this thing called unschooling, what I promote, which is, you know, that kind of uh, mindset of moving out of that compulsory curriculum, compulsory, you know, forced mindset um, is something that exists in many forms. There's homeschooling versions of it. There's actually self-directed learning centers where kids go with other kids in a nice, you know, facility. It's like, you know, a house or something like that. And it's got lots of different areas like music rooms and outdoor players, stuff like that. And they, they learn with the adults acting as facilitators for their own self-directed learning goals. So these kids actually self-direct their learning and they have a natural incentive to do so. And it actually matches kids' abilities as, you know, everybody's biology is different. They grow up at different rates mm -hmm. to learn how to read and write at the time they're most interested in engaged. And what makes it so impactful is that when a young person is actually engaged, like they want to read or they want to write for a purpose, that sticks much longer than when it's forced. And you're like, oh, I got to read Jane Eyre again, right? When, if it was a Harry Potter book, they would read the whole series, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw this time and again as a mm -hmm. teacher when I worked with remedial students as well. Um, the, the, the kids who were in you know, remedial classes themselves were doing all kinds of things like teaching themselves foreign languages and learning puzzles and games and doing Rubik's Cubes. Like, like yeah, you just, you're just pulling a, you're pulling a string on learning as a kid and you just keep like, oh, I like this. I'll just keep going down that path. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So natural. What happens yeah. in those environments is the adults then bring in the other skills or the helpful skills. Again, it's not forced. It's just it's facilitated within the context of an interest. And so kids who are even like playing card games or board games like that, they learn numeracy skills, whether it's playing Monopoly or playing, you know, a type of online game. Mm -hmm. They do because of that because they, they just want to be able to engage in the culture. And when kids mm -hmm. are right. engaged with tools of the culture, in other words, stuff that's real and relevant, stuff that people are using and technology and whatever, you know, is available, then kids flourish. And there's an amazing actual uh, uh, TED talk about this called Kids Can Teach Themselves. It's on YouTube. You can, you know, Google it. Kids Can Teach Themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a story uh, about a guy who put up in, in a in a poor neighborhood, uh, I believe in India, a, a computer terminal, and poor sh kids who were literally on the street would go to the computer terminal and play around and learn, and the kids would right. teach each oh, other. Yeah, and before you knew so it, cool. these kids were learning all this stuff from the internet and were actually teaching each other and learning new skills, including math skills and reading skills, and they were, they were actually helping each other out to learn just because the tool was there alone. So it, yeah. it's a pretty 
powerful story that shows us. But this is, again, this is not new. This is not untested. Like the Sudbury School in Birmingham, Massachusetts, been around since the late 60s. There's tons of unschooling centers around the United States. And I do a lot to help parents leave the compulsory schooling paradigm and get into something, whether it's a, you know, homeschool, a co-op, you know, unschooling or self-directed learning center, whatever it is, I try to get parents, you know, to get out of there and, and help them find ways to actually achieve that with their kids. Yeah, I mean, this may sound very radical to some people. Shooting, I'm gonna put something from Shooting Gallery, any, or, or I'm gonna, um, uh, yeah, you know, voice his comment here, and I'm gonna put some some of my own thoughts into it. He says, "I did not learn to read until I was in seventh grade, and to this day, I learned more from visual learning than reading something to retain it, uh, to retain, uh, to retain it in school. Now, uh, do not realize that it seems that they're just teaching to the test." You know, right. so which I think is exactly what's happening. And then also yeah. to tell you guys, like, I remember when I learned how to read because I learned how to read at five years old. And, mm. um, you know, my parents were teachers. And often I, like, I did that with the same thing with my kids. I sent them to school, but I would teach them things that I wanted them to know. Like I taught them how to read, etc. But one of the ways I learned how to I, I wanted to read. Right. I wanted to read all these books. There were a lot of books around me. Yeah, and. Yeah. And then like my I remember my dad bought me this um, this ABC book and it went it was just like big pictures from A and there was an apple, you know, all the way to Z and there was a zebra. And I started going through that and then I started reading books and I would go to the my parents. I grew up. My parents would always tell me, go to the dictionary, go to a thesaurus, go look this thing up. And I would read a book like I remember one of the very first books I read was The Hobbit, which is a massive book. And I didn't yeah. even understand everything, but I would read it, look things up or whatever, and then I would read it again, and then I would read it again, <laughs> you know, but but I was in, say, what was that, Tom? Oh, and then you're able to comprehend more. Like, yeah, well, every time I found something and I didn't know what it was, like I deep dived into it. It was like, right. I think it's what Jack is saying. It was like, a for me, it was like a string. And I would pull on that string and it would just keep coming up with really cool things. And because these things were around me, I would keep looking or asking or just researching it. And today we've, like you said, you know, we've got computers and people can do that same thing. You know, it's just like our parents said, you know, my, my mom would do a thing. If I said a word, if I said expialidocious, you know, she would go. <laughs> Uh, okay, what does it mean? <laughs> right? You know, or and then she would say, okay, let's go to let's go to the dictionary and figure it out. So yeah, I agree with you. You know, we need to restructure a lot of what we're doing. And I think, you know, with this, there's a lot of things about this pandemic, uh, this whole COVID thing that I do not agree with. But one of the things I was saying that we had this opportunity in front of us to restructure a lot of the ways that things are done in America and around the world for that matter and we could have made things better but once again the politicians and the folks out there that are attempting to enslave us don't care about that they're not trying to fix problems they want to create more problems so that they have a job for themselves yeah go ahead want to take over exactly they, they, their goals are different you know uh, I'm sure you want a world of prosperity you want a world of growth where they're like entrepreneurs everywhere, you know, whatever, people are happy, there's an up and up, uh, there's a path forward, right? It's not like, oh my God, no matter how hard I try, things get more and more expensive every year. You know, like mm -hmm. that's not what we want. Uh, mm -hmm. But these people, they don't want that either for themselves. They don't want economic depression for themselves, but they do want it for others because the reason they do that is 
because then it gives them an opportunity to seize on those who are now suddenly unable to afford their homes, kicked out, right? They can't afford their mortgages or whatever. Property taxes go up. Uh, those are the ones that then seize up and buy all this property. And wow. slowly they can just kind of take over that way uh, yeah. through this kind of hidden, you know, means, insidious kind of means here. Yeah, you know, I I know that um, what, what was the name of uh, oh my god, I can't believe his uh, his name is coming out of my brain right now. Um, this uh, th- what's the name of the what's the name of the rapper that uh, said that slavery is mental and then he got in trouble. Now here's the thing: slavery is a physical thing. You have to reinforce, huh? I don't know, Kanye. What? Kanye, no. Kanye. I don't know why that went out of my brain. Yeah, this because we're talking about a whole bunch of stuff here. But Kanye West said that slavery was mental, and everyone's like, "What? That's not mental." Yes, it's it's it is mental and it is physical. And uh, and you know, oftentimes the smallest part of it is physical. The reinforcement of it is definitely a physical thing, right? The biggest part of it is mental. And this is the reason why uh, human beings now in America, in the world, are constantly being kept in a state of confusion. Right. You know? Fear. Yeah. Exactly. It's your mind. It's your mind. If you don't, you know, if all of this stuff exists to you, like if I'm telling people that they're, they're layering red flag laws on top of red flag laws and people are like, what are you talking about? It's very easy for you to figure this out. You don't have to look at the news. I think it's the reason why the news is so crazy so that you don't look at it, you know? Um, and then even if you look at it, you don't like, even if I looked at, I don't look at any kind of established news. I don't even have like cable TV or anything like that. But let's say I look at Fox News. Even if I look at them, I don't believe what they say. And I don't listen to them. I still go look it up myself, research it, you know, formulate my own ideas and go down different. I'm still doing what I've always done in my whole life with anything that I do. But if you're so mentally suppressed and confused and and someone's giving you everything and they're like, hey, we'll give you a house, we'll give you a car, we'll give you food, you know, we'll do all this stuff for you. Yes, you are a slave. You're either you're one of two things and you could decide what you are. You're either a slave or you're a pet. And those are pretty much the same things in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fret my pet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is a lot of what we see. Like when you hear Joy Behar saying that if black people get guns, then they'll make it illegal. This is where she's coming from. You know, this is where she's coming right. from because you, you. Yeah. Yeah. She sees black people as pets. This is what mm-hmm. they see people of any color or any kind of ethnicity or whatever. Right. And yeah. this is what. And she's. The very thing that she's pretending she's fighting against is exactly what she is. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always a ruse. It's always been a ruse. Yeah. 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 That's my yeah. little rant. I don't know. I probably probably that. Oh, okay. Right. I yeah, agree. Uh, yeah. I do want to yeah. add to all this about unschooling. You know, another part of the goal, I think, with public schooling, and this is the case in every country you look at, whether it's China, North Korea, UK, whatever, like, Uh, Prussia, like you mentioned, you know, all of these school systems are meant to get the new generations, the new kids, the new people of the world to be more aligned to the state, to the government, whatever country they just so happen to be born in, as opposed to their own family, for example. Um, And when you have more like of a focus and emphasis on family, like a, a culture where you know, family comes first, this idea of like trying to work things out with your family and talk things through and try to connect again. 
that's something that is very destroyed when it comes to the, the whole public schooling system, especially when it's compulsory, as it is pretty much for all, all governments around the world. Like most, most of them have mandatory attendance for kids. Uh, and what that does is now these kids are forming attachments and relationships to their teachers, to basically government administrators, and maybe fellow peers who likely are probably just as dysfunctional, if not more, right? There's uh, very- 100% agree, yeah. Man, you are truly a philosopher. So. <laughs> That's not a lot past the, <laughs> yeah. you could say in my life. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and that's kind of one of the biggest things I saw is this huge divide amongst family. And then now suddenly people are being instilled with values not to be like, hey, I want to like see my mom and dad grow old and hold a bunch of my kids and have a bunch of grandkids around and uh, pass on values of liberty and, and love and connection and peace to my kids, right? there's kind of more a drive to be like, okay, I'm going to be like, uh, you know, I'm a woman. I'm, I'm going to be like a, you know, girl boss or whatever. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to do something great for the state or, you know, I'm going to join the military and sacrifice myself for the state or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, not really realizing that you're more just a pawn in a, in a politician's game to gain more money and, and resources, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, the main thing is this idea of family. So in the same token of answering the question of like, what can we do when it comes to unschooling? I think family is huge. Uh, and family is not just who your blood related to. Family is people that you share uh, values with that basically you trust that they love you and that they want to connect with you at the end of the day. And therefore, when you have that sort of foundation with them in a relationship, any sort of conflicts that arise you know, there, you don't need to resort to violence, that the other person's not going to resort to violence, that you have enough respect and love for each other to to say, hey, I want to talk to you about it. You know, this mm -hmm. thing you said hurt my feelings, whatever, you know, and then mm -hmm. you can talk about it and work things through. And that kind of approach, I think, is really where it starts, like having that own your own intimate ability at home with your own family, whether, again, it's blood relatives or not, like maybe you're adopted or maybe you... Uh, you know, get married and you start your own family, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you that you even have to agree. But, you know, you just have to have these. One of the things that's interesting to me, they changed how long parents are responsible for their kids. Right. So medical medical bills and all that, they changed it. I think it's somewhere around 25. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. For you saying the Obama extended uh, health care. Yeah. Cup? yeah. Sure? It's 20. 24. Okay. The weird thing about that is, so at 18, so my, my kids both are in, in college, at 18, I can't see my kids' medical records anymore unless they sign a piece of paper saying I could see it, which I told both of my kids, you, you don't have to sign that if you don't want to, but I don't have to do shit either. So they signed it. Right. <laughs> but the weird thing that's happening is there's actually a lot of college kids who decide. So you might have a boy. He decides, hey, I don't want to be a boy anymore. I want to be a, I want to be a, a, a girl. And they start taking, you know, they start taking medications and doing things to transition. And the parents have no knowledge of this. Mm -hmm. OK, but the parents are paying for it. 
Okay, so this is like a weird thing. Like, why do we have things like that going on? I'm not saying it's the only example, but it's one of the examples of what's happening here. I think in that situation, your parents should know this is what you're thinking about. They should be able to say, nope, we don't we don't support this. If you still want to do it, hey, you know, you want to do this thing, go ahead and do this. But why why are we going to pay for it? There should be these conversations. But instead, parents are getting railroaded into, yeah, your kid's 18. You can't see their medical records, but you are responsible for it. <laughs> you have to pay the bills. Yeah, I, I think it, it ties back to to like, you know, the schooling situation and everything else that the government does. It's, you know, the whole process is a form of parental alienation right. through trauma bonding. So, you know, essentially yeah. what's happening is that these, you know, kids are being brought away from their parents for long periods of time for years on end. They're being subjected to lots of different forms of abuse uh, in terms of, of bullying, sometimes sexual harassment from teachers and other students. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're being alienated and their parents are stressed out working, you know, and it's tough for them to, you know, see them as it is. And so the teachers and the other government workers are essentially child predators at a bare minimum emotionally. They're, they're, they're predating on the unmet needs of children in the mm -hmm. schooling environment. Because remember, the schooling environment is not itself set up to be like, oh, let's help parents be better parents, or, you know, let's help children better connect to their parents. Rather, everything is about- Or let's how mediate, we, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, how do we connect kids to the missions and objectives of those in the school for their purposes you know whether it's passing tests for grades or you know psychological uh, political control because many uh, teachers have been exposed to this point and it's, it's much greater than the exposure show with you know james o'keefe and project veritas but mm -hmm. many teachers are there for political reasons they're there because they're intentionally trying to brainwash kids to their specific uh, ideology so you know, you have this whole you know system where they're trying to push more and more cradle to grave dependence on the state, and in that process, uh, weaponizing that relationship uh, of children against parents, uh, which ties to that insurance issue thing. And that's this is something that's not new in terms of a form and function. This happened, of course, in a certain you know time period in Germany, uh, you know, with their youth, and it's <laughs> happened in, under Mao, uh, having young people uh, right. rise up against their parents uh, under you know Mao's communism and against landlords there. Uh, so weaponizing the youth against um, the older generation, that is parents and grandparents and like that, is a, is a common tactic uh, of totalitarian regimes uh, attempting to uh, reestablish or, or not reestablish, but um, as you could say, revise the culture or refashion it in their. It's uh, one of the oldest tricks in the book. Right. By the way, Lola's saying in Florida, it's 26 years old in Florida. You can still have them on your insurance, but you don't have access to records due to HIPAA. Wow, to 26. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lola, Lola works in healthcare, so I'm oh, going to awesome. take her word for it. Uh, but you know. yeah, Right. Because yeah. I remember it being that, and then I heard it got raised. So I, that's good to uh, know. Yeah. yeah. 26. Yeah. That was a point about tyranny there. That's, yeah. mm -hmm. You could say mm -hmm. it's a red flag about tyranny you know the <laughs> division of the family right yeah, right i see what you did there yeah <laughs> yeah because well, ultimately like you know even us like we're not even saying like if your parents are status disown them no we're literally saying use nonviolent communication to try and philosophy to try to talk to your parents your loved ones your friends and really talk to them about these views in a way where you're not shaming them, you're not labeling them, denigrating them, just for simply um, still, you know, thinking taxation, for example, is necessary, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if your focus is truly connection, like that's what we advocate for is uh, bringing families together. 
But um, I mean, I do still think it is like a red flag, like on that note of, you know, tyranny, where if your whole focus is to drive division from your own parents and try to make parents seem like, you know, they're insane and they don't have your best interests, mm -hmm. you know, that flag of someone who's trying to control your children, not really enlighten, you know, yeah. everybody. Yeah. How so. can someone else, regardless, there's a lot of things I don't agree with my kids on, right? How can someone else have, uh, you know, a better, whatever you want to call it, right, in mind for my kids than me? I mean, I'm the one that had them and went through everything it takes, you know, in order to have them. Yeah. We're taking a quick break here and we're going to come right back and we're going to continue on this. The Who Moved My Freedom podcast is made possible by our partners at 2A Commerce. Veteran owned and with over 20 years experience, 2A Commerce is the leader in custom e-commerce and web application development in the shooting sports industry. Clients include major brands such as Guard Dog Body Armor, Sylvan Arms, AccuFire Technologies, The Tactical Games, Warrior Knife Company, and yours truly, Hank Strange. Visit 2A Commerce and support this show by supporting them. Once again, visit the number 2acommerce.com. Yeah. By the way, we've got Shelly Fungus out there. Lola, I don't know. Is Lola, I'm not sure if Lola's still here. I think Help she me. is. Yeah, Shelly Fungus says she didn't. Uh, oh, no, that's a he. Shelly Fungus is a dude. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah. Shelly Fungus. Yeah. Uh, Shelly Fungus said that he did not get his poster from uh, Liberty Suppressor, so I'm not sure what happened there. We probably we, – we'll look into it. We'll get it worked out. Yeah, I think we're talking we've, – we've got some good stuff going on here, actually. We haven't gotten into – we haven't even gotten into guns, but, you know, I think we're, we're having some. Should we some... do a little, uh, little show? Yeah, let's do, yeah, let's show some guns. What do you guys have over there? What kind of stuff do you guys, uh, what kind of guns are you guys into? Well, oh, I see. Oh, uh, PS90. Ba-boom. Yeah, a bullpup. Uh, You're speaking my love language. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, this is probably my favorite rifle, for sure. Uh, -huh. uh really comfortable. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, you got a PS90 over here. 556? Five, yeah. Five, yeah. 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 Okay, so you're a 556 five, guy, Jack. And, oh, and, sorry. Not well, five, and is, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's 57. Yeah, 57. Five, seven. Yeah, five, seven, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And so, then this 556. This is Daniel. Daniel. Okay. Daniel Defense, very nice. We made sure it's loaded. Right. Yeah. No, you're good. I trust you guys. You're in your own home. Did you guys see that thing of that congressman who was like, <laughs> do you remember? There was something. <laughs> there was there was a thing on the news where a congressman was in his home and he had a handgun and he 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 cleared it and everything. But he was showing. He was showing. You know, he's like taking it down and doing stuff. And then there's this uh, liberal uh, Democrat that comes in and goes, "I hope that thing's not loaded." And he's like, "This is my damn house. I can do whatever I want." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny, man. You know, um, but yeah, that's very that's very cool. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wonder if it was loaded then. No, I don't think it was. I, I was looking at it. I was pretty sure it wasn't loaded from just the things that he was doing. Yeah. yeah. At the end, look, I believe in safety. You know, but that's your own personal responsibility. It's true. Yeah. It definitely matters. 
yeah. The four rules matter. <laughs> they do. It matters be, because you know you're putting you're putting roadblocks in the way of you doing something right. wrong, and you have to be the person that goes, "Hey, I don't want to accidentally discharge here, hurt myself, hurt one of right. someone in my family, or damage my own property." And you have to be the person to be responsible for that. You know, it's kind of like YouTube. Um, no, go ahead. I like I like yeah. I like fo folks posing there. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like when I had the, I actually had the conversation with YouTube when they decided they were going to make a policy where people couldn't go live and hold firearms. Um, oh, I, I'm one of I the know. people that they spoke to. They made an appointment wow. with me. They called me up. It was about three lawyers on the phone as well as two other representatives of YouTube. That's crazy. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we're going to we're going to have this policy where you can't hold firearms. I was like, why? What is that about? Well, we don't, you know, because people, we don't want people to go live and hurt themselves or hurt other people. So <laughs> this is the policy that we're going to have. And I was like, and you're going to impose that on me that I'm a, you know, I've been doing this since 2013. I've been making right. videos on YouTube. I'm an FFL. I mean, I don't think I have to be all those things, but I was like, I think at this point I've proven that I'm a responsible person, you right. know? And they're like, yeah, this is this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna save the world. Yeah. Why did they put the in? It's been going on for at least two years, if not longer than that. Could be. Wow. And for about a year, we actually went on YouTube and we didn't uh, handle firearms. But what happened is someone might accidentally because I said to them, "How are you guys even gonna know?" Because they said I could run in pictures or video. And I was right. like, how are you guys going to know? How's the bot going to know what I'm doing? And they're like, oh, no, we're going to have people watching you. What? And yeah. So and I know they did because they said that they they noticed that I was going. The reason why they spoke to me, I'm not. They spoke to some of the really big gun YouTubers and then they spoke to me and they said, well, we notice you go live a lot and you actually handle firearms. Right. So we're going to have someone watching you. And I believe it because someone accidentally just showed a firearm and like they, they hit that button. And even one time they hit the button on us because someone showed a stock, not a oh. firearm. Turned a, off your stream? Um, no, with that particular incident, they didn't turn it off. Afterwards, they deleted it. Oh, wow. And when okay. we said, why did you delete it? They said, well, because you were holding a firearm in there. So... Wow. Uh, someone came in that case, I think someone came and looked at it later and said, mm -hmm. so they were doing several things, but it also happened that we were, we were on someone basically got up to show how they were carrying their gun. And I, and I like immediately went away from it and someone there just hit the button mm -hmm. and kicked it out. So, wow. Know. That's absolutely. Yeah. That's why you're on YouTube. Yeah. Yes. That's why we did it. We did it for a little while. We try to like, but it's really boring to not. You know, um, I think it's cool to just, you know, show people guns. These are gun folks out there. They want to they want to see guns, you know, every now and then you show them guns. You know, I mean, it's uh, and I love. My, uh, yeah, my, I love also when you show guns, just reiterating the safety, you know, can they distinguish yeah. it like a, a prop? Like what if you use like a fake gun or yeah, we would do that all the time. We would have fake guns. We would go. This is a this is not really a gun. Look, it's got the orange thing here and it would be right. fine. So I started huh. buying a bunch of toy guns, and I would just hold toy guns in the beginning. Yeah, but it was weird. It was really, it was really a weird kind of thing because no, they don't care about. I don't want to hurt myself or anyone. Why would I even, you know? And 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 how do I fall into the category of what you're trying to stop? By the way, they haven't stopped anything. People still go live on social media and do lots of bad things. 
Right. But I don't know when it was ever a pro Second Amendment YouTuber that did that because it never happened. Right. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But this was this was their stupid policy. But, you know, it's just, uh, you know, activist corporations and all that, you know, um, attempting yeah. to control people and what they think. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's a culture war. You know, yeah. it's it's so. certain maybe it's customers of YouTube or whatever. They could be like complaining and be like, I don't want this content on this site, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Well, they're suddenly tasked with like having to deal with, okay, these many customers versus these many customers do this, you know, and, and yeah. needing shoes, like, yeah. and make a political decision. Like you said, it, it's been politicized, definitely, mm -hmm. YouTube and all the social media platforms. Um, and, and because, like, you know, you saw, like, congressional hearings with Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey of Twitter and Facebook uh, putting all this pressure of being like, hey, basically, if you don't start, quote, controlling for misinformation, which is, again, you know, we're talking about philosophy in terms, right? Like what they're really trying to do in reality is censorship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because what was misinformation? I mean, misinformation was the New York Post, um, a, a newspaper that's a bit, how, how the hell long has New York Post been around? A lot longer than me on this planet. Yeah. And, and because the New York Post was talking about the Hunter Biden laptop and all that, they got kicked off of social media platforms. Right. A newspaper, yeah. a legit newspaper. And what they're covering is a real story. Like it was a yeah. real story. <laughs> Stuff like yeah. you yeah. know that was so suppressed. All the contents of mm -hmm. Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Vice President, President, and yeah, and yep. political crony. potential president to be son. Yeah being a crony in Ukraine. Yeah, information like, that you want to know in real time, they suppressed it, and then later yep. on we're like, oh yeah, by the way, that was real. That right. Was real. But, and uh, I remember, yeah. This idea that maybe you shouldn't take the COVID vaccine if you're pregnant, mm, that's misinformation, guys. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, it's clearly just this idea of those in power, they've gotten in control of these big corporations, these social media companies. You know, mm -hmm. you, you know, board of directors can change, like, YouTube and all these companies, like mm -hmm. you can have different people in power fluctuating. So mm -hmm. it may have gotten to the case at this time, you know, you have people coming in, whether it's new millennials or these new indoctr indoctrinated generations getting into power uh, positions of leadership there. And now they're making these decisions like, oh, can't use, you know, show guns or whatever. Oh, but we're going to do Pride Month and LGBTQ plus S21, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is now. Like, it's clearly a political agenda now. It's no longer about providing a service. It's about using an existing power structure, such as a big social media platform like Twitter or Facebook, to indoctrinate and propagandize the world. Yeah. So now I, that's a very explicit goal of propaganda. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and true misinformation. Um, yeah, I can't tell you. How, I mean, definitely, I'm shadow banned on Instagram and even YouTube. My my uh, mm -hmm. main channel on YouTube is, is shadow banned. But yeah. I've got I've gotten so many strikes or things deleted and all that because they're like, well, you're trying to sell firearms. Well, so what? So other people can sell makeup or sell any other thing, but because I and I'm not personally trying to sell firearms, right? I might be I might share a deal like, oh yeah, these guys making this Sig P320, you know, they've got a sale going on here. You can get the parts from here or whatever. Why is that a problem? This is literally something covered under the Second Amendment to the constitution and I can't do it, but someone else could talk about any other, 
you know, it's not a policy that goes to anyone trying to sell anything. Because if they right. made that policy, YouTube would wither away and disappear. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, yeah, target. It's nothing illegal, but so it's 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 purely political. Yeah, exactly. Someone mentioned here, I think it was Cruise Man, said that one time they they pulled our stream while we were live because we were. Do you remember when Trump talked about shithole countries? Yes. Yes. So we were doing we were doing a podcast and we were talking about that, and I'm from a third world country so i had an opinion about him (laughs) yes that's one of the places but i had like i had a specific opinion about the word shithole countries and what it means and all that and other people had it and we were just having like a discussion on that right and they literally pulled that they they literally pulled that thing and gave me a strike for that and then i think later later on they used that to delete my whole channel but Wow. The reason why I got three strikes is because YouTube decided, like how you have that PS90, I, I'm right. a, I'm a, I collect bullpups, and they decided to go after bullpups. So any videos that were out there with bullpups in it, they were actually giving people strikes. I know that doesn't make any sense. They don't want comfy firearms. Yeah, like how they, dare they're you like be AR-15 comfortable for a small five-foot Asian woman. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a title to a video. Is an AR-15. When you guys, you guys are always welcome to come shoot here with us. I have my own range here I, um, on my property. Nice. That's awesome. We're, right we're coming now. right now. We're getting a five-star pizza in Gainesville. We get five-star pizza. <laughs> come on over. Come on over. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll make that video. Is an AR-15 a good fit for a small Asian woman? We will make yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> Versus a bullpup. We got to yes, do that. Exactly. Yeah versus a bullpup. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Have you ever shot full auto? Yes. No. I, you, I still have not, no. No, no one's talking to you, Jack. We all want to know about phone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jack is like, yes, I have. Yes, I have. That's Story my, of his life. Story of my life. Like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jack immediately, and phone's like, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> Why? How come Jack has done it and you haven't? Oh, uh, well, he's been a Florida man more than me, and he's oh. he, he into guns for a lot, like, since you're a kid, like, used to. I mean, I, w- I was into guns as a kid, but I didn't get I to mean, shoot a, a firearm right. until I was 19. Mm-hmm. But you like yeah. the idea of, like, how it works and stuff guns, like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I warmed up to guns. Yeah, I mean, all I had in Washington was, like, you know, like, the fake revolver with, like, the pop cap. It's like a, a basically, like, a firework. Snap. yeah. Oh like yeah, snap just, caps kind of thing. Yeah, yeah snap caps. Yeah, cap guns. Yeah, cap guns. Yeah, those are those. Remember those? You, those are illegal now. You can't even have the. And back right. in the days, they used to be made of metal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, they were cool though. Yeah, they were so awesome. But hey, you know what? I yeah. learned how you strip it works. the uh, the red tape, what, the ones that like have the roll of tape, and you like, yeah, yeah, scratch where you burn yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. When, <laughs> Yeah. When we when we were kids and we lived in England, you know, my parent, my mom let us walk to school and we would get money to buy like candy and stuff like that. And so my my older brother convinced me that we should pool all our candy money and buy those 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 caps. Right. Because that was like a little bit of black like gunpowder or something. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what? we stockpiled a whole bunch of those. <laughs> And then we took apart something. I think it was like a light bulb or something like that. We took it apart. And we basically, on our bed, made a bomb and blew up the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and cool. my mother, my mother, like, 
she would come in and beat us and then get tired and then go <laughs> and then go get some rest and then come back and beat us some more <laughs> and then be like, yeah and then my dad would come home and she would explain what happened she would get mad and beat us again and then like for weeks every time she thought about because we literally blew up the bed. It was on fire. It was so insane, man. It was. Yeah, yeah I tried. Yeah, I got. Blew up the bed. I'm gonna blow up your butt. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm telling you, I was so mad at my brother for convincing me to like. I mean, and then think about all the candy I didn't. You know, I didn't eat. Did it get you into guns though? At least, I mean. Oh, it was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've loved guns and stuff. That was yeah. awesome. It got me into all kinds of that. I was doing that way before people had Tannerite we were blowing up stuff. I mean, yeah. Wow. That that's what my my brother like uh, for Fourth of July. He'd always wrap a bunch of those little like um, uh, rocket, the bottle rocket fireworks. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, it'd fly out. So him and his friends would attach it and they'd like put a bunch duct tape in, put in a log. What is wrong with yeah? What is wrong with us? Playing with fire is but I actually I have like thirty three stitches. Um, let me see. I might have to cover my face here. I have thirty three stitches in my hand Uh uh, because I made a chlorine bomb as a kid, and oh no, (laughs) held it a little too long and it split open my hand. I can see my uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I did common. not do we, that. I'm as just a saying, we have a lot of cop. This could be dangerous. If, yeah, so. um, there's didn't... something. There's something wrong with dudes. There's <laughs> something wrong. Explosions, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> here, here, and there. But I was a little scared. I was like, "Ooh, okay, that's enough for today." You know, a little fire. Yeah. But you know, these boys, well, are like, yeah. oh, bigger no. explosion, bigger. This, yeah. <laughs> this know? is why. This is why there was more lashes in the olden days to get <laughs> to get people to. But it's like my kids. You know, uh, you were talking about like the BB guns. I bought my sons Red Rider BB guns as their mm-hmm. as their first guns, and I went through the whole thing. I was like, okay, you don't shoot these at each other. You don't do this. You don't point it. The whole thing. And they're like, okay, yes. And then they go outside and they immediately start shooting each other. <laughs> You know, they shot out a window. If you ever look at if you ever look at my channel uh, where I do gun stuff, there's yeah. an ambulance on my range and one of the windows is shot out. Well, that was one of my kids. You know, they shot out the windows of the back door and every single time they would get in trouble. They'll go on punishment. They got lectured. They got those BB guns taken away from them. You know, and then when we felt that they were sorry about it or whatever, they would eventually, and they still have those BB guns. And then eventually we moved them on to 22s and we took them for, to classes and training and all that. And my kids have shot machine guns and, you know, I'm an FFL. And so they grew up basically in the last 10 years of me doing this, I've had lots of guns around and my, you know, my kids, uh, you know, they're, they're fine and they're okay with it. So I think, you know, so you just have to go through this. Dudes learn hard. <laughs> That's true. Maybe they learn from experience, trial and error, you could say, explosions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need that. You need to almost shoot your eye out, or they would shoot each other, and then they would try not to tell us, but we would see like a welt somewhere, like, oh, okay, so you shot your brother, right? That's oh. what happened here. <laughs> you say they're very safe now, like they've been oh, yeah. trained these decades that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah they're very they're very safe they're very interested in guns they use a lot of that stuff in the video games they're always bragging to their friends that, like they've shot full auto and they've you know there's a lot of guns they've shot the guns that they're played with they're like i've game. shot all these guns. you know most kids are like ha, 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 i have a ps90 in a game 
Call yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> a while back, I did a video with a rock veteran. I mean, he's 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 a pretty big channel. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. And we were talking about it's a video where we talked about video game guns. And in that video, you'll see me and him. And we said we went to our consultant. My consultants were my two sons. So when that came out, I showed it to them and they were like, you know, they're like, come on, bro. (laughs) My sons use, I don't know. You guys don't. uh, Do you you have kids? You don't have any kids yet. Not yet. No, uh, but uh, yeah, we're coming up near the age. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. So they teach you some of the new free. Come on, bro. Oh, they they say they say that to me all the time. My sons, they go, bro, bro. Come on, bro. You yeah. say it like you're a natural, but it must be because you've heard it a lot. Oh, I make fun of them all the time. I like I raise my kids by making fun of them. You know, um, I believe that that's a parent's job. You make fun of your kids so they know that someone who loves them makes fun of them. And when they go someplace and other people make fun of them, they're like, OK, you're not hurting my feelings. My, you know, my, my dad says all that stuff and he loves me. <laughs> You know, uh, so second person to say one. that to us, actually. <laughs> say you're that the again. Second... Oh, yeah. wait. I was just saying you're the second person to say that to us. Some other yeah. person that interviewed us said that said the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah, making yeah. Your yeah, I think it's a good thing to do. Yeah, it came from love. You know, it came from love. I mean, what could I make fun of my kids that I didn't or my wife didn't genetically <laughs> add to the <laughs> to the mix? You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's one of those things. We're going to take a quick break right here. We're going to come back and we're going to wrap up. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of manufacturers like Safety Harbor Firearms. SHF is a quintessential family-owned small business, totally representative of the American dream. Safety Harbor Firearms is a Florida-based manufacturer of the compact entry stock and the SHTF 50 upper for an AR-15 lower. Also, SHF happily delivers on your Sten Gun parts needs. So don't forget to check out StenParts.com and SafetyHarborFirearms.com. Yeah, um, I see that 42 Chilled here says that Hank got spanked. Uh, let me explain. Like, my mom, my mom's, you know, oh. she was, she's not here anymore, but my mom's Indian, right? So she was like, if you saw her, she just looked like this sweet Indian lady, you know. Um, no, my mom didn't give you spanking. She beat your ass. Yeah, and wow. she was a she was a teacher. She would yeah, anything that was at hand, you are getting hit with that thing. Um, you know, a rolling pin, a spatula, a frying pan. <laughs> you That's know, awesome. that really that painful. painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom's going. She's going. She's going all in. She was a school teacher, and I would meet like um, kids that she taught when um, in in Guyana. She was a school teacher and I would meet people that she taught in school and they would say, man, you know, your mom gave me so many lashes, you know, uh, it was like your mom just she would just go. That's the first punishment. And I would go, oh, that's good, because uh, I always thought I was the only one. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm like telling you this horrible story and you're like, (laughs) no, listen, I never did. I never did that with my kids. You know, um, I would sometimes like you know, give my kids some, you know, a couple spanks on the butt or whatever. But I find like my kids didn't really, um, I think that was just my mother's, like the, a lot of old school people, that was just kind of like their language. And that's how she was raised. 
And because I was raised that way, I didn't find like it was necessary for me to raise my sons like that, you know? I taught them the difference between what was right and wrong. I talked to them. If it really came down to it, I would do that. But I just never found it necessary to do that to my kids. And what I would do that hurt them more than anything was take away stuff from them. You know, if they really did bad stuff, I was like, oh, you know that, that uh, Game Boy thing you like? No, that's gone. <laughs> right. You that's know? good. Yeah. Yeah. So it just wasn't necessary for me to do, but it's not, you know, I don't, first of all, I don't think you should abuse your children, but there's also at a certain age with your kids where they don't necessarily understand where you're saying, I get why you might want to spank them on the butt or something like that. So they can realize like, Hey, this is not a good thing. But if you're, if you're a good parent, you should be able to explain things to your kids. And I could tell you right now, my boys, a lot of stuff that happens, they'll go to Lola you know, before me, because they are afraid to get a lecture from me. <laughs> the, the painful lectures. <laughs> yeah, they know that lecture is going to be hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's going to be psychological torture. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of guilt. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring up things from the past. You know, it's, uh, it's, so they're like, yeah, uh, okay. We'll just we'll work all of this out with mom. We're not going, you know. We're not going to. Uh, you know, yeah, we're not going to dad on it. So, um, <laughs> you know, and I don't think I think if you're a good parent, you don't have to you don't have to abuse your your kids either. You know, that's that's one of the things I think about. Huh? We uh, we're big uh, promoters of this thing called peaceful parenting. It, it ties in with our unschooling other stuff promotion. There's a good book uh, on this called Peaceful Parent Happy Kids by Doctor. Uh, Laura Markham, and it's a, it's a really great one to check out online. We recommend it a lot, and it's a lot of uh, you know tips and tricks. I think that um, are very valuable for parents. And things we've seen. We have lots of friends who are also peaceful parents. You know, people mm-hmm. who want this that we've seen, and it's it's just that that mindset shift of just thinking of your toolbox and what it is that you use to have consequences and to educate. And it's like thinking of, of the ways that you can do it without the physical violence stuff. And and as you said, you know, with the Game Boy thing, you know, removing consequences, that's just one of those great tools of, of thinking about consequences without, you know, escalating harm. So it's yeah, it's, it's great to hear that you, you you passed along some peaceful parenting tactics and, and moving away from the, <laughs> from the lashes growing up. Right. Well, you know, I think it's like you were saying about education and my mom being a teacher uh, in a third world country. I mean, it is like prison. And I as a kid. <laughs> I remember having that feeling with like I never understood what a mother was for a long time, you know, because I remember like I most I more thought of my mother as like a warden, to be honest with you, because that's pretty much how she treated me. Like I was some kind of prisoner or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then it took me seeing another mother interacting with her kid. And I was like, oh, this woman is like actually my mother. That's what's that, you know, that's when I put those things together. And a lot of stuff like that, I I said, you know, I I don't want to do that. So I grew up like that. Like I grew up with my dad drinking and and, and Mm. smoking, taking drugs and womanizing and all that kind of stuff. And those are things. And I saw how that hurt my mom and maybe made her do some of the things that she did because she couldn't punish my dad. So she would punish me. You know, um, and I and I told myself, hey, I want to be better. My my uh, both of my parents always told me that my job is to be like they said, you know, your job is to be better than us. If you think you're better than us, then be better than us. You know, (laughs) and and I feel I tell my kids that all the time. Like, hey, if you if you think you can do this better than me, then, you know, that's that's your mission. Go out there and do it better than me. 
So it's not an easy thing. I think, you know, in lots of ways we've evolved. I think there's lots of folks out there who understand that. Like there is this line that you can cross and go way across it and basically become a bully to your child. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, and be very punitive, like you said, and controlling. I mean, and like it's incredibly destructive. You know, yeah. that's where a lot of bullies come from. Well, I think that's really the origins of people accepting the state. Like, you know, it started with kings and that sort of rulers, right? People mm -hmm. just accepting like, okay, the most powerful, whoever has the most power should be the one in charge. And it's okay because, you know, we should listen to them or else we're going to die. Like, shush, you know, like that mm -hmm. whole kind of culture of like controlling people and stuff like that, you know, mm -hmm. has been around for hundreds of thousands of years of human history. You know, so I, I think, you know, we kind of touched on that earlier of just how I think right now we live in this time of some of the best ethical evolutions of humanity. So for us as libertarians and voluntarists or anarchists, like we're really just trying to evolve to the next step of ethical evolution, which is, you know, trying to get even more principled and mm -hmm. really uh, universalize all those values we talked about, like individual consent property property rights respect of your body you know those things freedom of speech the you know what the second amendment is about which is the the right to protect yourself your life however you see fit you know what we're trying to do is make it so that those principles apply to all human interactions not just those who are outside the state the so-called civilians you know like mm -hmm. we you're trying to demystify demystify and, and dismantle that false dichotomy between the state and civilians military versus civilian grade like my my bullpup you know my fn ps90 which is it's not a nice p90 you know <laughs> it should yeah it should be safe yeah. and civilian grady you know, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. You know, we're at a crossroads, and I think that, you know, what you guys represent to me, I'm, I'm really impressed. I don't think we ever actually – this is our first time for anyone. This is why I do this podcast, what's happening right now. This is my first conversation with these guys, and I really didn't know what to expect, but I'm, I'm – I'm In the making. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm encouraged because I think you guys we're, – we're at a crossroads, and you guys are the future. You're a young couple, you know, and I think that – I hope the world gets better and goes down the path that you guys are going down versus the, the one that it seems like overwhelmingly folks want to go down out there, you know, and uh, if I could do some stuff to help you guys get the message out there other than this, I would absolutely love to do that and maybe even have you guys back on here. We've got to wrap it up because so, we're cool. like, you know, you remember you, you were like two hours. Oh no, well, two hours. Of, we've already burned through that. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, we're, burned through two hey, nothing but a peanut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. We're not, uh, we're not having any shows, uh, any more shows for this week. We'll be back next week. Um, but what I'm going to do here is let these guys tell you how they can, how you all can, Communicate with them, support them, find out more about them and all that. I'm going to run in the end and we're going to come back and these guys are going to give us some uh, words of wisdom, as you all know. So let's start with that. Uh, you know, how can the folks out there communicate with you guys, support you, etc.? Cool. So for me, you can look me up. Uh, my website has all the links to all the, the stuff that we're on and social media sites. So you can go to thephilosopher.com. Uh, just 
one word together, the philosopher with the O, P-H-O. And yeah, there you can find links to my Twitter. I'm very active on Instagram, Facebook, Minds, and Twitter and YouTube and Odyssey. Yeah. And yeah, there's lots of crossover <laughs> there for The Philosopher. My website, one of the one, main ones I use is volcomic.com. That's my comic book series, V-O-L-C-O-M-I-C. So V is in victory, V-O-L-C-O-M-I-C, volcomic.com. There's a lot of links to different pages and things I do like that out there. But if you just put in, you know, Jack Lloyd with Voluntarius or something like that, it's going to come up. So, you know, we're, we're everywhere. We have YouTubes, as he said, Mides, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. So chances are whatever social media you might be on, we're on it in some capacity. So, you know, check out our websites and then go from there. You'll probably find, you know, whatever it is that. Yeah, music videos. About. Check out our music yeah. videos that we've done. There's lots of good stuff. I think you guys will like it. I see 42 Chilled says Jack and Foe, great show. And also he says happy Father's Day to all the father figures out there as well. Happy Father's Day. Happy to- Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and Lola says, thank you, Foe and Jack. Great convo out there. Yeah, I thought this was awesome. I thought this was awesome. So hopefully I can do some more stuff to, uh, to help uh, the 2A community here find out more about you guys, especially since you're Floridians. You know, those of us who we have these things in common, we all need to get together here and work towards the change that we that we uh, that we're asking for here. Right. So I'll be happy to do that. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run in the end. We're going to come back and you guys are going to drop words of wisdom. So you got a couple of seconds to think about it. I'm going to run this in right now. All right, guys, it was great hanging out with everyone here. Um, As I always tell you, we're going to rip the audio out of this, throw it up on iTunes. Uh, It's going to be on Podbean, uh, Audible, all the places that you can get audio podcasts from, including HankStrange.com. If you go there, you'll be able to get this podcast directly. We're also members of the Firearms Radio Network, so shout out to everyone who's coming in through that. Uh, And uh, big thanks to Jack and Foe of uh, the Foe, well, I should say the Philosophers, even though it's PHO, on YouTube. Go look it up. Please do support these guys. I think they have lots of uh, things that you folks will find in common, and they have some lots of really good ideas. We should always be open to uh, good ideas. Okay, words of wisdom, Sky. Guys. Cool. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm a guy. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm a guy. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Uh, so words of wisdom, I would say um, probably first thing is, uh, you know, know yourself, really get connected with yourself and understand, like, how do you think internally about yourself? Like, do you have a very shaming voice in your head? Like, OK, do you regularly call yourself a, a piece of crap or something or stupid or labels? Um, and, and really just start that self-work there of. Uh, seeing if you have any sort of violent tendencies in terms of thinking in your own mind. Um, Because chances are, if you do, that's likely how, you know, you handle uh, relationships in the real world. So, you know, my two cents is just, I think it's just the utmost importance in our lives. Uh, I personally value this, is really understand yourself, why you are the way that you are, and understand your childhood experiences and really how they formed and shaped your beliefs and views today. Uh, Once you have that, I think the next step is, you know, then just specializing and seeing how you can change the world for the better. Um, But you can't do that until you really know yourself. So anyway, that's me. (laughs) So, yeah. So 
my words of wisdom would be that for everybody here, if you already get the idea that when it comes to the right to keep and bear arms, right, you understand that it doesn't matter what the gun grabbers say. If they say, oh, well, there's this risk of accidents and mass shootings and, oh, if you have a gun, you know, you're going to just go on rampage, right? You understand it's nonsense and that your gun, you are responsible for, it's not hurting anybody. You should have the right to keep it and to use it in defense of yourself. I would just encourage everybody here to apply that same thing to the rest of your property rights, right? That should be the standard for everything. Our property rights are not just limited to guns. It involves our homes, our food, you know, your TV, your car, whatever it is. Consider how, if you're not hurting anybody with your stuff physically, you know, you're not destroying somebody else's stuff or defrauding someone, how that should be free to use as you please in the same way that you have your sacred enshrined Second Amendment rights. Because the more the government can look for ways to get to your Second Amendment rights, through other avenues, they're gonna do it. And as you know, they've already done it in many different ways, whether it's through the war on drugs or the war on terror or whatever it is, they look for ways to try to upend your right to keep and bear arms. And so the more you have the rest of your property rights secured, the more secure your right to bear arms is going to be. So I just really want everyone yeah, to really think in those terms that your right to property includes and enshrines the right to keep and bear arms, so. Absolutely, well said, very good well, stuff from you guys. I think everyone out there appreciates that. What, what's that for? Go ahead. Oh, I said I love how I'm like so personal here. But <laughs> no, that was awesome. Once you figure your personal stuff out, there yeah. you go. You can help change the world, right. make it more consistent. Absolutely. <laughs> Put those, meld those two together. Meld those two together. It starts with you, and then you know, and and the the rights that you have extend to other things. As Foe and Jack said, great show. We're going to see you guys next week. You guys stay right there. I'm going to press all the buttons to end this right now. We'll see you guys. Stay safe out there. Enjoy. Have a great Father's Day.